This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. All right. So how's your night going? I'm pretty good. I'm really tired. (laughs) I hear that. Oh, um, hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Erin. Perfect. And that is for you, Fran, and you alone. Yes. Only Fran, who after three episodes doesn't know who we are. (laughs) (laughs) And a year and a half. Right. That too. (laughs) So what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm actually cheating on my antibiotics and I have a glass of wine. I'm proud of you. Because after this whole day, like, I'm just like, screw it. And I only have one left, so it's fine. I think that counts. Mm -hmm. Like, you're as good as done. Yeah, pretty much. I am drinking a uh, Jack and Dr. Pepper. Ooh, fancy. Because it's been a Monday. All right, so are you ready to tell everybody about this wonderful movie? I am. So this movie was called Love You to Death, and it stars um, Marsha Gay Harden. She plays the mother. Um, Emily Skegg, she plays the daughter. And then Tate Donovan, who was in Argo. He was in... um, Oh... Uh, he played the voice in Hercules. He was Hercules. like like zero to hero. And mm-hmm. oh, I love that. Emily and Skaggs and was in uh, Fun Home on Broadway, which is one yeah. of my favorite musicals. Um, it's based on a graphic autobiography, which is very interesting. By um, hold on, Alison Bechtel. Uh, the whole graphic novel is in black and white because uh-huh. her father used to tell her she didn't color things right, and so she just quit using color. Oh, that's really sad. It is really sad. Okay. So also this movie, you know, we talked last week about the different kinds of lifetime, you know, true crime movies. And one is like the salacious, like sexy one. And one is the one that they're trying to um, bring attention to the issue. I kind of hope this one's neither. Well, it is kind of the first one but it's in a different genre because this instead of based on a true story this is inspired by true events which just means we're gonna loosely base it on the story and then just run with it gotcha okay and they did (laughs) yes um so instead of them instead of the characters being named uh, Dee Dee and Gypsy Blanchard, um, their name Camille and Esme. I don't like it. Well, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we cold open. Cold open, I know what that means. You taught me. Yes. Um, in Joplin, Missouri, in November 2013, um, police cars pull up to a house. And if you have um, seen any like real footage of, these, of this um, case, it is the same. It looks the it's the house looks exactly the same as their house. Okay. In, yeah. The dispatch says that there's two occupants, both female, one is disabled. Um, they enter and they find a wheelchair a wheelchair overturned. The house is like a mess, it's been ransacked, and they find blood and then they find a body. Well, they they just show like the bloody hand, but I'm going to assume that the bloody hand is attached to the rest of the body. I'm going to hope there was a body attached to that bloody hand. 
Um, and just a really quick note, this movie, um, they tell the whole story from the mother's point of view, and then they go back and they tell it again from the daughter's point of view. That's not confusing at all. No. So the first one is the mother's. And so we have photos of um, Marsha Gay Harden, because I refuse to call her Camille, because she's just Marsha. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're on a first name basis. We are. Yeah, we're BFFs. Good. She's coming to brunch on Sunday. Um, oh, good. Yeah. Um, so we have Marsha and Esme through the years and, you know, by all accounts, these photos look like a loving mother, like doting on her sick child. Okay. Um, we cut to a birthday party for Esme. Um, it's pre-murder, obviously. I don't know why I put that in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a super creepy painting of Esme as a princess, like behind them on the wall. It's really creepy. Which I, I don't like it. their whole aesthetic. Yeah. They were just a creepy pair of people. Um, so they recreate that iconic photo that everyone has seen. If you've seen anyone about this case, um, I've seen anything about this case. Um, it's the one where Gypsy's in the blonde wig. She's wearing the tiara, the pink princess dress. And she's laying her ha- her head on her hands like this. And I know nobody can see me, but you can <laughs> like this. Um, and the mom's like crowded in, like smiling. It's unfortunate that that's the only way I can kind of picture Gypsy. Yeah. Is that iconic picture? Yeah. I mean, there's that one and there's the other one where the, they're holding that little tiny chihuahua that looks like it's about to die. of (laughs) Yes. Like his eyes are bugging out. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, help me. Um... We um, then go to the doctor's office and um, Gypsy's talking about her birthday presents. Uh, She says she got a Barbie and the doctor's like, oh, does Barbie have a boyfriend? And then there's like a very tense moment where everyone like stares at each other. And then Gypsy's like, oh, or not Gypsy. Esme's like, no, not yet. Oh, like, okay. And then they hold her down and give her a shot, which is very unpleasant. That sounds like a fun trip. Yeah. Um, The mom is with the doctor and she's like saying that they need a more aggressive treatment. And the doctor's like, cool. So we'll put her on this new chemo. Here's your prescription. Please be gone. I need a doctor like that, that I can just walk in and get what I want. I mean, you as an adult, maybe, but not, I don't know. No, I would abuse the hell out of that. That's not what I need. Yeah. I wouldn't abuse it, but I just from this past week, I've been really sick and I went to the, um, or I called the doctors on Monday and I was like, Hey, I think I'm getting bronchitis. And they were like, Oh, well we can't really prescribe you anything unless you're really sick. Cause I was asking them to like, give me some preemptive antibiotics. Right. And so cut to Friday when I'm dying and they're like, Oh, you have bronchitis. (laughs) Surprise. Like, thank you. Take my medical degree now. They'll just give those to anyone. Yeah. Well, as they should. <laughs> Everything I need to know about medicine I learned from Grey's Anatomy. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Marsha cries about why God would let a child go through something like this. Is it the creepy one that they use in the promo? Yes, it is. I don't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's. <sighs> That's going to be my theme for this episode, I fear. Yeah, I, I think so. Also, Marsha, girl, get yourself a comb. Comb out that hair. 
<laughs> very ratty. I'm concerned that there may be like a small rodent like living in there. Listen, the bigger the hair, the closer to Jesus. Okay. <laughs> You know, in Still Magnolias, where she says, you just got to tease it till it looks like a brown football helmet. Uh-huh. It's like that, but less classy. God, I love that movie. Oh, me too. That's what I've seen. Thank God. <laughs> we couldn't be friends if you hadn't. I went to college there, so it's kind of a requirement. It was filmed in Natchitoches. Oh, thank she, you. I was like, where? Sorry. It was filmed in Natchitoches, <laughs> Louisiana, because that's actually where she lived. Right. And so, um, like, people I knew and my professors were in the movie and people I went to church with were in it. She was a fine you. If you zoom in on her composite picture behind her in her bedroom, she is a fine you. Huh. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so then um, Esme's on the couch sleeping with an oxygen mask while the mom watches TV about chemo treatments. Hey, I have a question. I have an answer. Esme, like Esmeralda? Yes. Oh, like, yeah. Um, like the gypsy from Hunchback of Notre Dame? Yeah, that's what they call They call her that. Mm-hmm. The, she says, like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's Esme. Like, and she says, yeah, like Esmeralda from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. So they're not even, like, trying to hide that this is They just have to change the name legally so that they can, you know, do all this crazy stuff that's right. actually not that crazy considering. Right. Um... So here, this is the reason why they should not have TV shows about, you know, invasive medical treatments. Because then every Jobo on the street is going to be like, oh, I have this. You should give me this treatment. Yes. No. I support it. Listen, give anybody whatever they want. Maybe they'll die from it for being that stupid. Right, but maybe don't give it to their kid. Yeah, no. Kids are off limits. Adults who are idiots can just be idiots. But we don't bring, bring kids into that. So they go to the pharmacy to pick up all this new medication. Um, they pick out hats at the, you know, the store. I guess it's like a Walmart. Um, okay. And when some girls, like, stare a little bit too long, the mom is like, hey, even your fan club can't stop looking at you. And then they make her, they she makes the, them, she makes them help Esme pick out a hat. Okay. So right about this time, this man approaches and Marsha flips the fuck out. Okay. Like screaming. She's like, get away from us. It's Esme's dad. Gotcha. So, um, Marsha's like steering the, the wheelchair out of the store. She yells at him. Like, she's like, stop following us. Leave us alone. And he like yells back. He's like, we need to talk. Um, so Marsha's like smoking a cigarette with the neighbor and she's telling her like, all about how terrible the dad is and all the terrible things that he said about Esme. Um, And then, but she's also like smoking inside of her house. And I think like if your child has cancer and you're on, like she's on an oxygen tank, maybe you shouldn't smoke inside the house. I feel like take it outside, mom, take it outside. I feel like a steady stream of oxygen and a cigarette is like how things explode. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Mm Um. But I'm not a doctor, so I guess Marsha can smoke in the house. Whatever. Um, oh, she also tries to say debilitating, but she doesn't say it right. She says, like, debilitating. I don't know. It was really funny at the time. I was like, <laughs> I love it. And it just makes me wonder if she, like, couldn't say it. And so eventually they were like, 
Okay, leave that in. Or if it was like a purposeful thing. No, Marsha is a pro. She did that on purpose. I would, yeah, I would assume so. But it was really funny. Um, so they go back to the doctor, and it's a new doctor because the old doctor transferred. That's not a thing. Yeah, I think they would like pass off your care, but I'm also guessing they're a public assistant, so maybe. Yeah, that's true. Like if they're at a clinic, you know, right. doctors rotate out. Um. The doctor asks a bunch of questions, and this mom is, like, super – she's so uncomfortable. She, like, won't let anybody touch as me. She's, like, very, like, protective and weird. And this is the first time that – um, because up until now, it just seems like she's a normal mom, like, taking care of her kid. Um, this is the first time where your your red flag starts to go up and be like, there's something – if you don't know anything about the story, you re- your red flag goes up, and you're like, there's something not right Okay. about this. They're leaving the clinic and the the dad like screams into the parking lot in his truck. It's like, you know, and he like jumps out of his truck and he's like yelling. He's telling, uh, yelling at the mom like, oh, you called the cops on me. Like, why did you do that? Right. And the mom just like hustles as me into the car and then drives away. <clears throat> when they get home, the neighbor comes over and gives me like a blue wig and she's like hey i got this for you to wear to the gaming convention the gaming convention Uh okay like a video gotcha and um as like awesome and then but the mom's like what (laughs) so i guess the mom didn't know Uh uh-oh so she plays them off and she gets gypsy like inside the house and then she takes the wig back over to the neighbors later. She's like, hey, we can't take this. We're not going to that thing. She says, um, oh, the neighbor's like, but she really wants to go. Like, it's going to be fun for her. And Marsha, oh, oh, the irony. She says, quote, that place is full of freaks pretending to be something they aren't. Um, Lifetime, I applaud, only because I know this whole thing, I applaud that writing. Glass houses, Marsha. Glass houses. <laughs> um, so Marsha decides, like, that she can let Esme go to the convention. So then they there's, like, a shot of them at the fabric shop, like, making, like, getting stuff to make a costume. And the mom, like slaves all night over the sewing machine to make it, you know, just very heavy handed with the, you know, she's going all out for her daughter. Good. So they go to the convention and the neighbor um, gets them all hot dogs, but Marsha tells Esme she can't have it because it doesn't sit well in her stomach. And this is another thing where you're like, the red flag goes up because Esme gets super pissed. And um, she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. So she convinces Marsha that she can go by herself. Okay. But then she doesn't come back out. Okay. So the mom um, goes into the bathroom and she finds it like any other convention center in the entire world that she'd ever been in one ever. There's a second door. Yeah, there's a second door. There's two doors. Um, So she freaks out and then she gets the neighbors to help look for Esme. Um, The guy neighbor goes into an auditorium and finds some dude crouching over Esme her shirt's undone. Her makeup is smeared. She's crying and she looks all scared and innocent. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I don't so like they go that. Home. No. They go home and, like, Marsha's really pissed at the neighbor. She's like, you guys need to give us some space. And um, 
Esme's all sad and dejected. Um, we're back at the doctor's office and they're like working on her walking, like, um, you know, the two pole, like the two parallel. Right. To support steps. herself, like to help her. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, Marsha leaves them in that, like, while they're doing that and she goes to a pawn shop where she pawns a watch for a gun. What kind of watch? Like, how does she have a watch that can trade for a gun? I f- well, they like they negotiate over this stupid watch, and he's like, "I'll give you eighty five and she's like, "It's worth three hundred and he's like, "Yeah, but my my offer's eighty five and so then he's like, "Well, how about a hundred and then she buys the gun with that, so I don't know it must have been a nice watch. I also don't trust a hundred dollar gun, no <laughs> um. So she goes back to pick Esme up and the doctor is talking to Esme alone. Like there's a nurse in the room, but there's nobody else. There. Right. Like an, her parent isn't there. Um, Marsha again flips out and it's another thing. You're like, ding, something's wrong. Right. Um, and it's like, don't call us. Don't touch her ever again. Like leave us alone. Takes her home. Um, so we're back at their house and she's... Marsha's on the phone with like a pharmaceutical company and she hears a noise. She runs back to Esme room, Esme's room and Esme's asleep, but the window is broken and there's a car outside. Okay. So she picks up this gun and walks outside. And let me just say, they don't live in like by themselves on a street. They live in a, in a neighborhood full of people. She just opens fire? Yeah, she just like opens fire in the middle <laughs> of the street. <laughs> I'm like, girl. I hope nobody's walking their dog tonight. Right? Um, so then we cut to another time later and they're giving each other manicures. Matching manicures. I can't. No. Um, Marsha goes to check on Esme later and she closed. She like locks the window. She locks the four bolts that she has on the door. That seems excessive. Yeah, right? Um, and she goes to sleep with the gun under her pillow. And the gun fairy is going to come. Right, right. Give her $100 back. <laughs> um, she has a dream. Like, she has this weird dream that Esme's like, leaving her. Um, she wakes up to a noise at the door. And she gets up. And all the bolts are, like, unlocked. So she opens the door. She hears a noise behind her. So the door's open. She turns around facing away from the door and someone rushes from outside and tackles her. Oh, and that's the end of the mom's storyline. I, I mean, like when you tell it like that, she doesn't sound quite so bad. Right. Um, but because I know the real case, I just really want to sing like ding dong. The witch is dead. <laughs> yeah. She's real bad. I don't like it. I told you that was going to be my theme. So now we're going to go through Esme's like timeline. And let's just say like Esme remembers things a little bit differently. So are the timelines shot like through the perception of the focused person? No, they're shot from like the fly on the wall perspective. Right. But like from the perception of. Yes. The perception. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I thought you meant like the. No, I know. Sorry. I'm thinking of books. <laughs> so we've, we've, Rewind back to Shreveport, Louisiana. And what? Esme, that's, your, that's your hometown. That's my stomping grounds, y'all. Come see me. Yeah. Um, Esme is very little. And um, she's, like, very tiny and cute. And she says, like, in a um, voiceover, she says, 
My mama told me that I was a sick angel who fell from heaven and couldn't fly. I <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that. <laughs> oh God, I can't stop. <laughs> Something about the accent you gave it made it special. Thank you. I'm here all week. Tip your bartenders and your waitresses. (laughs) So we're in the hospital. And again, like she's very little. She's um, like four or five years old. Um, The doctor's like in the hallway with the mom. And she's like, hey, we're going to halt treatment because we think that she was misdiagnosed. Okay, that's good news. A normal parent would be like, yes, my kid doesn't have cancer. Yes. Everybody gets ice cream, but right. not this lady. Of course not. She's like all pissed off. She's like, um, why would you do that? She can barely walk. So Esme hears this and she like gets her little body out of the bed and she walks into the hall and she's like, look, mama, I can walk. Oh, sweet baby. I know. She's so cute. Um, and the mom again freaks out because that's all she can do in this movie is freak the fuck out. Marsha, calm down. Oh, take a Xanax, girl. Oof, chill. Um, so she freaks out and she like scoops her up and she puts her back in the bed and she's like, "Why the hell weren't you all watching her? Like she, she could get hurt." And everyone's like, "Um, what?" <laughs> so after their discharge, the mom knows that like the jig is up here in Louisiana, so they move to Missouri. So the mom like the little girl's like, "Why are we moving?" And the mom says, "Oh, I just I can't get you the medication that you need." They're in Shreveport, right? So you live in like a real metropolis, so you probably don't know this. But Shreveport has like access to almost any medical specialist you could possibly need. Um, So I'm just, I'm going to stand right here and tell you she's full of shit. She is. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, she's like, yeah, I can't get you the medication you need. I.e., I can't get the medication that you don't need, but I want to give you. Right. Um, once they move, they go to this grocery store and Esme like gets out of her chair and she like wants her cereal. And the mom like yells at her. She's like, get back in your chair. She gets up again. And she's like, but I can walk. I'm fine. And the mom is like, you're not fine. And she like basically picks up this tiny little girl and like slams her into the chair, into the shelf, like knocking shit over. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> no. So someone from the store is like, hey, is everything okay over here? And the mom's like, oh, yeah, she has seizures sometimes. Bullshit. Bullshit. Um, and so she, the mom starts crying about how they don't have enough food stamps for everything that they want. And, of course, the store guy is like, don't you worry about that, ma'am. We'll get you all taken care of. <sighs> Fuck. So then there's a scene and they're in a bathroom and the mom's like cutting off all her hair. Um, and there's like a good brilliant moment of editing here because they like, she's in the mirror. You can see her. She's a little girl. Then they zoom down to the hair on the floor and they zoom back up. And she's like the older girl that we saw in the first. The Emily Skaggs. Emily Skaggs. Yeah. Esme is asking for a computer for her birthday. And then the mom is like taping her breasts down. Taping. Wait, mom is taping her own breasts down or taping Esme's? I guess so they won't grow i i don't know esme's like hey i don't need this feeding tube i can eat just fine and the mom's like no you have to keep that and then she puts um these glasses on her and esme's like i can't see with these and the mom is like no esme you can't see without these what a bitch you see 
you really quickly what the problem is, what all those red flags were going off before. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor asks her to take her shirt off and then comments later about the marks like around her body where the, the tape was. Okay. And the mom's like, oh, I thought that that was like a medication side effect. And I was like, what fucking medication side effect gives you a rash like that? But Like, okay. like a straight line with the texture of Coban? That makes complete yeah. sense. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the doctor's like, hey, have you thought about getting her a training bra? And the mom is like, no. And the doctor is like, oh, but I see like some development there. And, you know, she and uh, Esme have a little moment where Esme gets excited, you know. Oh. The doctor asks Esme if she's more comfortable with the feeding tube in. And the mother, like, does this weird thing where she gets in her face and she's like, you have pain in your tummy right from eating. I don't trust that. And Esme's like, yeah. (laughs) Mm, Which I would, too. If I was this girl, I'd be fucking terrified. Poor thing. So we're back to that same birthday party. And we, you know, fast forward through the part with the picture. Um, Okay. But the mom gives Esme a computer. What kind of computer? Describe it to me. Um, black and old. Oh. It looks like an old, like, Dell laptop. Okay. Like an old one, yeah. In my head, I really wanted it to be, like, do you remember the old MacBooks that were, like, clear with, like, blue? Yeah. <laughs> Mostly yes. because I always wanted one, and then they had the, like, round mice that made no sense, but I wanted yeah, that, Yeah, 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 I remember. Mm-hmm. How funny. So later, like, Esme's just walking around the house. It's like, oh, it's a miracle. You can walk. No, the mom's like, hey, you should be using that chair. But she can walk, mom. Um, apparently that does not matter. I don't like it. No, me either. <laughs> um, then the mom's like, hey, um, I want that feeding tube in when we take pictures for the Facebook. The Facebook. Yeah. And Esme's like, it's not the Facebook. It's just Facebook. Which is the most real conversation these two people have in this whole movie. <laughs> Where I grew up, everyone referred to it as the Walmarts with an S on the end. <laughs> and I feel like that it was a coming of age for you to roll your eyes and say, it's just Walmart, mom. Oh my gosh. So that's like that. the, the Facebook and the Facebook. Um... Esme says she wants to talk to her dad, and the mom is like, well, he doesn't want to talk to you. I bet he does. Don't be a bitch. Yeah, and then she gets all up in Esme's face and is like, I'll smash that computer if you keep talking about your dad. Um, then she, like, hugs her, but not nicely. She's like, all we have is each other. It's just super <sighs> creepy. And I'm like, ooh. No. No. Um, you could have someone else... Mama, Marsha, you could you could have someone else. Literally anyone. <laughs> um, adopt a puppy. <laughs> no, don't put no, the puppy through that either. <laughs> you know what? You don't need anyone else. You don't need anybody, <laughs> period. Um, so later, Esme sneaks down to the mom's room and she takes the computer and like uses it to sign up for a game, which is going to be like the gaming convention they go to later. Okay. She also gets into her mom's email and sees an email from her dad talking about how he bought that computer for them. Oh, so like the man who doesn't want to talk to her bought her a nice computer? Plot well, twist. A computer. Mm-hmm. So the next day, um, Esme again is like, I want to see my dad. And Marcia says no. And then she, so Esme like takes off her glasses 
stands up and walks out of the room. I guess like it's her way of, excuse me, being like, I will end this charade right now. Yeah, like that's her blatant defiance. Mm-hmm. Um, so Marsha acquiesces and they go to a party place, like a Peter Piper pizza kind of place to meet him and his wife. What is Peter Piper pizza? So it's like, um, is it like a Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, kind of, but without the, the creepy, like singing character. <laughs> the animatronics and the wiggles are the only reason you go to Chuck E. Cheese. It's like an arcade, but okay. they have like, pizza and there's like a bar and stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. We don't have those around here. Not a full bar, like just beer, but still. They don't want you to get, t- to get tanked and then drive your kids home, which, you know, responsible. I mean, but if your kid's having a birthday party there, you might probably want to get tanked. Yeah. <laughs> I had a birthday party. Well, I didn't have, I had one for my son there. That was actually pretty fun. So, yeah. Okay. So the dad and his wife are asking Esme about the school that she goes to. And Esme's like, oh, I don't go to that school anymore. Um, so the dad's like, wait, what? Like, I pay for that school. And Marsha comes in and she's like, don't you even talk to me about money because you're behind on your alimony. Marsha, go away. Like, four seconds, go away. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Meanwhile, Esme sees a boy and he's, like, waving at her. And Marsha is too busy in this moment fighting with her ex-husband to be overprotective. She's like, yeah, go play that game over there. Thank God. Mm -hmm. So when it's time for them to go... The boy gives her all of his, like, tickets, like, from the games. Okay. Um, on their way home, Marsha's like, who was that boy? And Esme wisely is like, I don't know. Good for you. Go, girl. Yeah. But later in her room, she has, like, one last ticket, and it's his name and, like, gamer handle. Oh, that's adorable. So pre-team love. Um, now, did it show what she <laughs> bought with those tickets? Because I'm picturing a spider ring and a wooden snake. It was a Rapunzel doll. Oh, damn. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they chat online later and it gets a little dirty, but it's mostly just gross how bad the spelling and grammar is. <laughs> He's like, I want to touch you. T-U-C-H. Boy. Mm. Listen, I teach English. If you need some help, call me. Right. Well, Does nobody in Missouri go to school? If you live in Missouri and you go to school, email us. We want to talk to you. Probably click the check mark with the ABC on it before you hit send. <laughs> Um, so next they're at the doctor and the doctor's like, Hey, we found no bad cells. Like you're going to be okay. You're cancer free. That's awesome. Yeah. I've never had a doctor tell me that I'm cancer free and I've never been in the room when a doctor tells somebody else that they're cancer free, but I'm pretty sure the correct reaction is to not look like, is like joy and elation, not complete panic stricken yeah like i've watched all the facebook videos i always watch them and then i cry and then i wonder why i watched it but i watch it anyway and cry are you thinking about one and crying right now no i got (laughs) a face moisturizer in my eye you're a mess listen i um i'm very vain and my skin was gross it's fine um the doctor then is like hey like where's the last place you had any pain and um, Esme says in her stomach and the doctor's like, my house. <laughs> yeah. The doctor's like, Hey, that's weird. I don't see any, any indication of nerve pressure on the stomach. And the mom is like, well, God did not put my daughter on this planet to lie. Oh, but he did you bitch. God. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I hate her. 
So then the doctor's like, hey, I'd like to talk to Esme alone for a minute. And the mom gets real weird real fast. She's like, uh, what about or why or why can't I be in here? Or she doesn't talk really well when I'm not here. Um, he's like, look, I'm just going to ask her um, about the pain. And so she like gets up and like creepily kisses her on the cheek. Uh, I don't like it. And she's like, I'll be right outside. And I'm just like, er, er. <laughs> right? Thanks. The psycho music. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. Yeah, I'm like, oh, bitch, no. Um, God. So the doctor's like, hey, uh, Esme, is there anything you need to tell me? And she doesn't say anything. And the doctor says, look, like, sometimes people think they're sick when they're really not sick. So the doctor's and trying he, to give her an out. Yeah. He's like, and sometimes. They think they're sick because a mother or father, like, forces them to be sick. Oh, girl, he got your number. Mm-hmm. And Esme, like, freaks the fuck out. Like, what is with these people? Can they both get just a clonopin and a nap? Right. <sighs> they make me, like, anxious. I Ugh. also want a clonopin and a nap. Same. <laughs> um, so Esme, like, freaks out. She starts crying and she wets herself. It's very oh. dramatic. Yeah. Oh. The mother, like, rushes back in, and she's like, we're leaving. So they leave. I mean, uh, yeah, th- that's such an obvious sign of abuse. Yeah. Um, so Esme later is in the bath, and she's being sad. But the water in this bath is, like, pure white, and it's really gross. Maybe it's, um, that's the Wisconsin, I mean, the Missouri wash. Sorry, I blame everything on Wisconsin because I hate them. But <laughs> that's the Missouri special. You just ch- bathe your child in, you know, milk. Ew. Okay, it's about to get real dark, so... Uh-uh. I don't like it. Buckle up, buttercup. No. Here we go. Um, the mother takes out the medication and Esme, like, confronts her. And she's like, there's nothing wrong with me. You are using me to make people love you. I don't even love you. Oh, um, yeah, she stands up and the mom, like, pushes her back down and slaps her across the face. Uh-uh, don't do that. Like, hard. And don't like, do yeah. that. Um, Esme's like, I hate you. So the mom takes her hand and covers up her nose and her mouth. Mm-hmm. No, she doesn't. And gets in her face and is screaming, shut up, shut up, shut up. No, she doesn't. So scary. I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe. Marsha, chill out. Yeah. Um... So later that night, the mom is praying and she's like, dear Lord, help me control this willful child of mine. No, we don't (laughs) use Jesus for passive aggression. The Lord is not for punishment of your children. That's not even the worst part because they zoom out and the mom is praying and Esme's in the chair, like looking at her. She's duct taped to the chair and gagged. No, I mean, I still stand by we don't use the Lord as punishment for our children, but we don't do that either. That's not a thing that we're supposed to do. You don't pray that God changes your child while they're taped down. Are you fucking kidding me right now? No. Okay. Uh Uh-uh, I'm done. This episode's over. (laughs) Can someone please get Paul a clonopin and a nap? (laughs) I need another Jack and Dr. Pepper. It's gone. Yeah, I do. (laughs) um so then the mom like finishes praying and she gets up and she kisses her on the cheek and she's like nighty night i love you i hope you die i mean well she's gonna i I know she does 
Aaron, I've never actually wished somebody would die as hard as I do this mama in the movie and in the real case. And that's a problem with me, I know. Because <laughs> I need to pray to have my heart changed. But, God. This is why I just don't pray. I'm Rant good. over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we go back to the scene where they go to the convention except um oh no it's back to the scene where the mom is like i'm gonna take you to this convention right okay and in the first scene the mom is like drinking a water and she's being very responsible and she's being you know okay and in this scene esme is duct taped to the chair Mm -mm. the mom is drunk and she's smoking no Mm -hmm. so esme promises not to say things that hurt her mama's feelings like that what a <laughs> sorry, the demon just came out of me. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> so the mom, I guess, cuts her out of the duct tape. Oh, well, good. She's so sweet. What a kind yeah. and gracious mother. Yeah. She's delightful. Um so back to the convention, except this time when Esme goes into the bathroom, which by the way is full of people. Okay. And I guess nobody notices the gigantic man in the big boots, like, comes stomping in and, like, knocks on the door of the stall. Well, I mean, this is a gamer convention, so maybe they just think it's someone in costume. Probably. I mean, they're all in costume, but they're all in the blue, like, all the girls are in the blue wig and the sparkle blue thing. Oh, that's got to relate to the game that... Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, or just any anime character yeah. ever. And it's Scott. It's the guy we met at the arcade. Oh, hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. Um, So they go into the conference room. Did you ever see Euro Trip? Yes. I just almost sang, Scotty does it. No, the field me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they go into the conference room, and he's like, I think about you all the time. I think about nice things and naughty things. No, don't he's, say oh, that. God. That is... No, don't say that. And well, I mean, I will say she's not 16, but she doesn't know that. And neither does he. So for all intents and purposes, this needs to stop. <laughs> right. Well, and just additionally, like, even if they were both consenting adults and both were aware they were consenting adults, don't say I think nice things and naughty things. That does not get my clothes off. <laughs> I'm gonna don't go there. (laughs) Gonna stay stay silent on this subject. Um, He asks if he can touch her, which you know, good for you. You got consent. Well, there's something. Mm -hmm. And then he undoes her shirt and like touches her chest. Okay, is it still taped down at this point? No. Okay. I don't know why I thought I needed that clarified. I have no idea. They only do that sometimes, I guess. I I don't know. There's not a lot of context behind that. Okay. The rash. Um, So Esme's like, you're my prince. You're going to rescue me. Poor baby. I know, but girl. mm -mm. I mean, so there's Mm -mm. so many things. Like, A, I don't, I hope that nobody ever feels like they have to be rescued and that they need a prince. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, the feminist in me is, like, nobody ever needs to say they need a prince because they should... You, uh, there's just so many levels of... Yourself, girl. Right. And she couldn't. She mm-hmm. couldn't. Erin, I don't oh, like it. I know. 
he shows her this tattoo that he has, which he says is like, it means fire and ice forever. It's something to do with the Vikings. I don't know. Um, he says it's like means we're together and never apart. I fire and ice just is like a lukewarm water in a cup. Tepid water. Yes. <laughs> Nothing turns me on like a tepid water tattoo. Ew. <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna have you forever and ugh. And this must have turned her on because they make out. Mm-hmm. So they're interrupted by like a group of people coming in. I guess for a panel and um so he cuts off a lock of her wig for <laughs> some reason i don't know why <laughs> okay very unclear i watched this movie twice i still don't know why um and then the neighbor guy walks in and chases him away but is she crying and makeup smeared um uh, no okay because that was mama's recollection yeah okay so then they're back at home and the mom is like, we had a pact. You were going to behave. And she's like, did you meet this boy on the computer? And Esme's like, no. Is but he the mom- from the Facebooks? <laughs> but then the mom just smashes the computer with a hammer anyways. Well, completely logical. Okay. That just sounds like she was planning on it regardless. Like, don't ask oh, questions. For sure. And also, like, I... I can't totally blame her because there are moments when I want to take a hammer to my son's computer, but then I remember it costs $600, and so I don't. Right. But she didn't pay for that. Remember, Daddy did. Right. So it's not like real money. It's imaginary money. Yeah, that's not how money works. Um, so they're back at the house. Um, Scott is in Esme's room. Like, he snuck in, and he bought her a burner phone so they can talk. Oh, so Scott's going to be the one in the long haul. Yes, Scott is, he's the guy. They they condense, like, all the four guys down there. I was going to say, she had several guys. Yeah. Um, he says, like, I'll trade my car in for a van and we can travel, like, all over together, which is so cute. Like, because she has a wheelchair? Yeah. He's oh. Like, you. Yeah. That's really thoughtful. Yes. He thinks so then- nice things and dirty things and about her well-being. Yeah. He thinks three things, Aaron. <laughs> it's more than most guys <laughs> I knew when I was that age. I mean, but. same. That's one of the most guys I know now. <laughs> um, so um, Esme, like, takes this moment. She's like, wait, but I'm normal. Like, I can walk. She's like, you don't have to trade in your, your car. I'm normal. Oh, they're taking care, care of each other. Things. Yeah. It's very cute if you just take this one little bit and don't think of <laughs> anything else that's happening. I'm trying to just take it as it comes, Okay. <laughs> Um, so they hear the mom and he's going to leave and she's like, promise me you'll rescue me. And he's like, I promise. So then he's climbing out the window and he breaks it, which is the point in the other timeline where the mom like heard a noise. Right. And just and open, fire. And, like, open fire on the street. <laughs> Psycho. Um, so Esme and Marsha are at the grocery store. They spend a lot of time at this store in this very same cereal aisle. <laughs> Listen, do you know how many times I've walked up the Walmart cereal aisle deciding whether I want kicks or Fruit Loops? Well, apparently you should try something called Anna Bananas, which is what this girl likes. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a real thing, but. I cannot imagine banana flavored cereal. And thank God I cannot imagine that because it kind of makes me want to vomit. So, um, Esme is texting Scott. She's like, it's time for you to, um, rescue me. And he's like, okay, like I'm coming. Okay. Are these texts spelled correctly? 
Um, as far as I remember, yes, okay. but I didn't. I didn't like really check the spelling on those. God, yeah. So, you, do you know who I am? I need the spelling at all times. You have this movie on DVR. Watch it. Yeah, I just haven't yet. Okay, I've been waiting for this episode. So then you can tell me next week whether or not it's spelled correctly. Okay, do you, uh, I I have more things to do. That's your job. <laughs> it is not my job. We need an assistant. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> email us if you'd like to be our assistant. We'll have brunch with you. <laughs> um, we cannot pay you, but I'll buy you brunch once a month. We're loads of fun. Um, bottomless. So... Uh, oh shit! Mimosas for whoever wants to be our assistant. Call us. Yeah. Um, later that night, Esme gets a text from Scott, so she like packs up all her stuff. She puts on the blue wig and a bra this time. Oh man, Bro- dressed up. up, bra and blue and- wig. And she's wearing the same, like, outfit that she wore to the convention. I guess she's, like, becoming this character. Okay, I can see that. Because it's probably a video game character. Like, probably an action girl. And she's, like, channeling strength. Yeah. So she unlocks the bolt. I'm deducing the psyche of a Lifetime movie. Well, it's not that hard. I know. I'm just like, well, how far have I fallen? Um, She unlocks the bolts on the door. She hides her backpack in the closet. And then she starts to ransack the house, which at this point, that's when the mom wakes up. Okay. Um, so the mom wakes up. She opens the door. This time when she turns around, like, to face away from the open door, it's Esme. And she's like, look at me, mama. Oh. So the, it, Scott, like, comes to the door, tackles her. And um, the mom, like, fights back. And she almost gets control of him. But um, Esme kicks the gun out of the way. And then she freaks out because they're both, like, screaming for her to help them. I don't like it. <laughs> so she hides in the bathroom um, and covers her ear. Um, the door opens a few minutes later and it's Scott. So they run away together. Okay. And at this point, I just wrote in my notes, teenager driving road trip montage. Okay. So in my head, mm-hmm. it's either the Cranberries dreams <laughs> or um, Sixpence Not the Richer. There she goes. <laughs> and there's like a solar flare on the camera lens that mm-hmm. travels and she's sitting in the front seat with like her legs propped up on the dashboard mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. doing that thing where you stick your hand out the window and you do the wave yeah. Yeah. and she's like bobbing her head and singing along. Yeah. And they're playing I Spy. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Except there's no music because, you know, it's I tend to have a music budget for this particular film. So they're at a gas station and Esme gets out of the car and like throws up. Okay, that doesn't sound lady, like a fun road trip. No, this lady's like, oh my god, are you okay? And Esme, like, cannot answer her. She can't speak. And then Scott comes out, and he's like, yeah, she's fine. And then only then, like, when he says, like, you're okay, then Esme's like, yes, I'm okay. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. It's like she's always needed someone to speak for her. Yeah. Um. Mm. Then Esme cries to Scott that she misses her mom. Which people on Twitter were like, that's not, you know, the thing. But it kind of is. I mean. You can even leave an abusive relationship and miss the good things about that person. Not every. Not every moment is. Terrible all the time. Right. Like in an abusive relationship, there's even usually more good times than bad. But the bad times are so bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not always that there are more good times than bad. But. And I'm clearly for her, it wasn't. But no, not every time was bad. Like, 
Mm-hmm. And and there's an element of Stockholm to this when you are yeah. stuck with the same person forever. You only know that one life. Right, right, right. Um, so in the next scene, they're in a motel. Okay. And they get drunk. And they have sex. Oh, well. And Esme looks very um, put out, like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I can totally totally relate to i mean so i feel like that's just like every girl who loses or most girls when they lose their virginity have that thought guys on the other hand are like that was it (laughs) and the girl's like that was it (laughs) um so scott falls asleep of course he does (laughs) (laughs) And then, so she compares, like, all of her different wigs, I guess, trying to decide what kind of person she's going to be. Okay. Um, they go to a playground. She's wearing the blonde wig. She's going to be a blonde person. Blondes have um, more fun. Yeah, they do. Um, they're smoking, and they're playing, and they're kissing. Um, then they're in a they're in a pool, and it's nighttime, and it's pouring rain. It's very romantic. Listen, Lifetime does not have a good history of pools with me. Yeah. <laughs> Look, th- there's an upcoming moment of just masterful editing, and it's no blowjob in the swimming pool, but it's close. <laughs> it's close. Um, I've been haunted by nightmares <laughs> of hold on of what getting a blowjob in a swimming pool. I don't think that's a nightmare, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid of water. <laughs> No, I've been haunted by nightmares of you describing this scene where she goes down for a blowjob and comes up for rebirth through Jesus. I had to watch it. <laughs> Twice. Better you than me. Yeah. Um, so they go underwater together and there's all these like cool like underwater shots of them swimming together. Okay. And... um like in the blue light of the pool because it's nighttime. There's no other light. Um, Scott pulls off her wig and they're kissing, but suddenly wait. So she's swimming in her wig. Well, at first, and then he pulls it off. She's yeah. devoted to that blondes have more fun. Well, it's the blue wig this oh. time. Okay. Yeah. Um, suddenly, there's a flashing blue light that's interrupting their bliss, and then a flashing red light, and then there's flashing red and blue lights. And so they go, they're like, huh? And they go up to the surface. And, and it's, it's Ed McMahon with a giant check. They've just won $100 billion for life. No, it's the police. So he died, right? So who now delivers the giant check? I don't know. Did he die? Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Hey, Alexa, did Ed McMahon <laughs> die? Ed McMahon died on June 23rd, 2009 in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, okay. He was 85 years old. Thank you. Like ten years ago. <laughs> and you're just now wondering who delivers the big. Ch- well, it's never been a concern of mine. It's not like I'm ever going to win it. No. Okay. You're ruining my editing moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. They're underwater. There's, There's a blue a light. So they're in the blue light and they're kissing. And then there's like a flashing blue light. They're interrupted. And then a flashing red light. It's like red and blue lights like flashing underwater. And they're both like they pull apart and they're like, what's happening? So they go to the surface 
And it's the cops. They're there to arrest them. So not a zombie Ed McMahon with a giant check. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> that is really wonderful editing. Sorry. Yeah. There's a lot of screaming at this point. Like, like yelling or like terrorized screaming? Or a um, combination? Like yelling like, like Esme! Oh, okay. Esme! And then oh, so Esme, like, screaming. And I can't tell if she's saying like Scott or if she's saying Mama. She's saying something. Probably both. So Esme is in jail. She's crying, but um, she started to grow her hair back, which, you know, yay. Good for her. Um, her lawyers are like, hey, like, we have an offer, but you have to plead guilty. Otherwise, you will be charged as an adult. Okay. And Esme's like, but I'm not an adult. I'm only 17. Okay. And this is Makes probably the, one of the saddest parts of the whole movie. She's like, they're like, um, we have a copy of your birth certificate. You're not 17. You're 21. How the fuck do you think you're four years younger than you are? Yeah. I mean, I thought my 21st birthday sucked, but this one. No joke. So 21st birthday, um, I'm practicing my viola. I'm about to play the biggest performance of my life. Uh I drop my viola in a freak accident and it shatters. I have two weeks to find a new instrument, learn it all over because like finding a viola is like finding the wand, the wizard's wand. Like, Mm -hmm. and so then I, oh, it was awful. Worst 21st birthday. I was five and a half months pregnant and I was on bed rest. Okay. You might win. Yeah. Thank you. We need Uh, to have, listen, we're celebrating our 21st birthday this summer. Yes. Let's do it. Maybe, maybe when we're uh, at Shelby's wedding. Yeah. It'll be our 21st birthday of Credonia. Yay. Um, so I guess she takes the deal because it's later. She's got longer hair and she's wearing different prison clothes. Like at first she was wearing orange and now she's wearing blue. I would rather wear blue. Like orange is too high stress for me. Yeah. Whoever said orange was the new pink was seriously disturbed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... She meets with her dad, and her dad's like, how are you? And she's like, you know, it's not so bad in here. They let me grow my hair. Oh, sweetie. I know. That, oh, that speaks volumes. <laughs> yeah. Her dad was like, her, is like, your mom was the one who's sick, not you. And she's like, I know. He's like, I should have been there for you, but I didn't know this was happening. So then he asks her what she wants for her birthday, And she asks for sneakers because she's been practicing running in the yard. The guards are teaching her how to run. Don't make me cry. Yeah, it really hurt my little heart. Like, her mom made her be in a wheelchair for... I'm legitimately crying now. I know. Stop, please. (laughs) I am. Okay. Her mom forced her to be in a wheelchair that she never even learned how to run. I mean, like, (laughs) I'm a fat person. I never learned how to run, but for very different reasons. Okay. On that note, (laughs) um, she says, sometimes I feel like when I'm running, I could just jump up and fly away. And the dad says, you will fly. And that's it. We end on a black screen that says it is believed. And this statistic actually shocked me. Okay. It is believed that as many as 1,000 child abuse cases reported each year are related to Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Oh, that many? I mean, but I guess if you think of how many 
child abuse cases are filed across the nation, but still, that's a lot. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. God. And that's this movie. Uh, do I have to give my notes? Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not ready to take this act solo. Uh, <laughs> I need a clonopin and a nap. The same. All right. Um, I always need a clonopin and a nap. <laughs> so um insofar as the real case it's going to come as a shock to nobody who's listening to this who knows anything about true crime that this is based on the true story of gypsy rose blanchard um and uh so at the top i'm going to list my sources um i read an article by gregory j holman called Mm -hmm. gypsy is thriving in prison um Munchausen by proxy victim who murdered her mom describes fear that kept her from revealing abuse from people.com written by Harriet Sokman which girl, couldn't you have come up with a shorter title? <laughs> um, Fox News's story. Gypsy Rose Blanchard's father says murdered mom. Didi asked for what she got speaks out on shocking abuse in doc by Stephanie Nolasco. Mm-hmm. The story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, the quote, sick child who killed her mother by Katie Serena. And then, of course, the Wikipedia article, The Death of Dee Dee Blanchard. Yes. Um, so, Dee Dee Blanchard was born Claudine Peter, and she grew she up. Sucks. Huh? She sucks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, she grew up in Shock Bay, Louisiana, um, <laughs> which is in the Thibodeau area. It's about an hour west of New Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. And Shack Bay is really important to the like fabric of Louisiana. So let me tell you about it real quick. Yes, please. Um, so Shock Bay is the home of the Louisiana Gumbo Festival. I want to go to the Gumbo Festival. I love Gumbo. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, so something a lot of people don't know about Louisiana is that almost every city has a festival or a fair to celebrate something. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it's the fair and festival state. Huh. Yeah, and I mean, Texas does too, but y'all really, I mean, we have, let's see, just off the top of my head, we have the Peanut Festival, Cornival, the Tamale Festival, Margarita Festival. Yeah, we have all kinds of stuff going on. East here. Texas has the Fire Ant Festival and the Yam Festival. And yeah, I mean, oh, what well, we do have that y'all don't is the Texas State Fair. God, I, I miss things like fried anything. butter. That's a thing. Oh, I fried know. Fried butter, you can get that. It's a thing. Oh, it's a I thing know. You can put in your mouth and eat. I have not, but. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. Mm-mm. So I love my state of Louisiana, but I am a Texas boy at heart. Like I grew up in Texas, you know that. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so Texas uh, is the best. So when you're the state that has Mardi Gras, you're kind of required to have lots of good parties. Truth. Um, so just a couple of the other fair and festivals that exist in Louisiana, because I think they're interesting. Um, so there's the Shack Bay Gumbo Festival. There's the Gillum Sunflower Festival. And it's one of my favorites. Um, Sarah and I go to that every year. I know I remember your pictures from last year. It was so pretty. Natchitoches has the meat pie festival. That sounds terrible. Um, You can be the meat pie queen at the pageant. (laughs) I'm going to no, no. Um, Zawali Mm -hmm. has the tamale festival. And I think just because they rhyme. Yeah, probably. Um, And then. um, Lord knows they're not making better tamales than we do. Right. Um. And then, like, every, or almost every fair or festival also has their own pageant. And so, like, in Cameron Parish, you can be the fur queen. 
Wow. And uh, my personal favorite is the Gaydon Duck Queen. And <laughs> the reason it's my favorite is I have a good friend who was the Duck Queen her freshman year of college. Like, she won it her senior year and then had to go through the whole year. Um, she, for real, had to ride in a giant mechanical duck in parades. That would be kind of fun, though. Set in a giant <laughs> mallard with your big old crowd throwing candy. like That's amazing. Um so anyway, uh, that is the best thing about Dee Dee Blanchard is that she came from there. That's the only good thing I can tell you, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because I have to, if I have to cast her, mm-hmm. you can't not cast Mama June from Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> it's got to be a good old country girl. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, uh, in the See, gym- who I was thinking, who reminds me of is, but you'd have to like flashback to the 80s and okay. do this whole thing in the 80s, Delta Burke. Yes. I also was going to give her Rosie O'Donnell, so. <laughs> I really like Delta Burke. I love Delta Burke. I do too. Um, so in our drive, I put a picture of young Dee Dee because all the pictures that people recognize of her, she looks a hot mess perpetually. She looks old as fuck. Yeah, but when she was young with, like, there's a picture of her with Baby Gypsy, she was so <laughs> pretty and did not have the crazy in her eye. <laughs> and I think that's what makes, like, getting rid of the crazy in your eye makes everybody prettier. Like, let's be honest. But let's be clear, she was already crazy in this picture. Oh, yeah, she just didn't she have just it in hadn't her eye. She started to show it yet, you know. <laughs> She didn't, um, she didn't have it on the on the outside, just on the inside. Right. So back mm-hmm. to her. In her young adulthood, she worked briefly as a nurse's aide, which mm-hmm. a lot of people cite as one of the reasons she was able to fool doctors because she picked up a lot of or like enough medical lingo so that she could sound convincing. No, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't either. When she was 24, she was involved in a relationship with Rod Blanchard, who would be uh, Gypsy's dad. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm casting him, have you ever seen Rookie Blue? No. Oh, there's a there's a character on there, Steve. Uh, he's played by Adam McDonald, and that's who I'd cast. Hold on. Uh, I'll let you look him up. Yes. Yeah. And that's oh, only because... really does look like him. Uh-huh. And that's only because I couldn't cast Harry Connick Jr. in my movie. Harry Connick, the only reason I like Harry Connick Jr. for this role is because he has that Cajun thing. I still think that Adam McDonald actually looks like the dad. He does. And I'm just, and anybody can put on that Cajun twang, but right. Harry Connick Jr., that voice, like, it just does it for me. Right. Um, so, anyway, so Rod Blanchard, when they met, was a whopping 17 years old. Okay. He's 17. And she's 24. Uh-huh. What's the age of consent in Louisiana? 17, but I think that's fairly recent. I don't think it's always been 17, but I did not do research, so don't quote me. That's interesting. Well, it's 17 here, too. But i that's just interesting that she was so much older than him. That's, right. That's quite a bit older. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so they got married because she got pregnant. And then they, they named their daughter Gypsy Rose, because <laughs> Dee Dee, Claudine, loved the name Gypsy, and Rod loved, as you'd expect, the Guns N' Roses. Of course. So, neither of them... The Guns N' Roses. Is it The Guns N' Roses? Uh, obviously. Okay. I actually... The Facebook? The Facebook. Um, 
they th- neither of them had heard of Gypsy Rose Lee, who was a kind of famous burlesque dancer. Very famous. Like, yeah. There's a whole Broadway musical about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name's Gypsy. What's yours? <laughs> Let me entertain you. I'm done. Um, anyway, so by the time Gypsy was born in July of 1991, Rod and Dee Dee had separated. So that did not last very long. Nope. Um, family recalled that's that- quick. Yeah, for for a marriage and divorce, that's fast. I mean, it's less than nine months. Yeah. Um, family recalled that Gypsy may have been born slightly premature, but like negligibly negligibly premature. Right. Um, it might have affected like the development of her skull, but she didn't have any major health issues at birth. Okay. Um, however, by the time she was three months old, Dee Dee was convinced that Gypsy had sleep apnea and began taking Gypsy regularly to the hospital to be monitored for like overnight sleep studies. Okay. I just want to know how the hell she did this. My son has a legitimate sleep disorder. They didn't give him a sleep study until he was three years old and i had to beg for that stupid thing i just don't understand it because of that when he was three months old they were like yeah babies don't sleep (laughs) yeah i mean yes yeah um i begin i'm questioning all the doctors in this area because of this case for sure i don't question the doctors in shreveport even though in their fictional story, they were in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. Mostly, I mean, I don't because I know where they were all trained. Yeah. And because my wife's a doctor in Shreveport. But mm-hmm. I'm going to question all the Southern doctors. You should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, none of the studies indicated any symptoms of sleep apnea or any other concern. Shocking. I know. Um, so, Dee Dee made the next logical conclusion, like, okay, the doctors found nothing. They're trained. They've been to years of school and I was a CNA. Yeah. So I know that my daughter has an unspecified chromosomal disorder. That's Good the leap you would girl. make, right? I don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the leap you would make, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Never mind the fact that when my son was three months old, I couldn't have said um, chromosomal disorder had I had a full eight hours the night before. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, but you know, whatever. Um, so when Gypsy was either seven or eight, so this is where like the reports are a little skewed. Some say that her grandfather had a motorcycle accident with her on it, which makes it sounds like he was driving. Right. Um, makes it sound like I should say makes it sounds like, <laughs> um, but uh, I, teach, disorder. <laughs> I teach English. Yeah, you do. Um, anyway, but then some say that she fell off, which makes it sound like the bike was stationary. So, in potato, either, potato. Right. In either case, she was either on top. way, she ended up with cancer, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, no. Either way, she was sitting on the bike and then she was on the ground. And so... That's how everybody gets cancer. Dee Dee rushed her to the emergency room and she was treated for, as the reports said, a minor abrasion on her knee, which sounds like a skinned knee. So she skinned her knee. She had to go to the hospital. 
And now she has cancer. Oh, well, I don't think it's the cancer yet. Oh, but okay. So the doctors, like, put a band-aid on it and kissed the band-aid is what I imagine happened. <laughs> like you do. And, and then what you do after that is every time your kid comes up and is like, I need a new band-aid, you give him a new one. And so then you go through a box of band-aids and, you know, two hours. No, you just... And then it's all it. better. <laughs> oh, so she did the other logical thing. Like she was out of a box of band-aids. So she put the kid in a wheelchair and said, she'll never walk again until she has surgeries. Right. She got a skin on, she got a skin knee. They put a bandaid on it and now she's paralyzed. Yep. Awesome. Okay. I follow Um, this 100% checks out medically. It's a totally a thing that happens. So though, read a book. (laughs) Watch Grey's Anatomy. You would know. Yeah, watch Grey's Anatomy. Um, that's, prob- you. that's probably the medicine you learn on Scrubs. So that's why you didn't get it. Actually, they say Scrubs is the um, like the most medically accurate it is. of the shows. Because all they're doing is like appendectomies and shit. Like right. they're not doing these crazy surgeries because that's not how real hospitals are. <laughs> right. I love Scrubs. I do too. It's really funny. Um, so her family, like Dee's family reported that Gypsy was clearly strong enough to walk. But she remained confined to the wheelchair. And she's not. She skinned her knee. Right. Well, and serious. Bet- it's very serious. Between the skin knee and the not real sleep apnea chromosomal disorder, she had to be taken out of public school after the second grade to be homeschooled. Well, I mean, what else are you going to do? Well, and so Dee Dee was a really good homeschool mom. Gypsy had to teach herself how to read. But she said she learned how to read by reading the Harry Potter books. So at least it was That's really cool. Like a good a good reason to want to read. She has like a good book to read. It's not like she learned how to read with Twilight. Her wheelchair with her skin knee. <laughs> God. Um so uh in two thousand one, Dee Dee was telling everybody about her sick eight year old daughter. Now, I'm not Hold a math I'm not a math teacher, but she was born in 1991, and in 2001, she was eight. Maybe you don't count leap years. Because of the skin knee, she had to turn (laughs) six twice. If I could turn back time. And the sleep apnea just set her back another another two years. God, I'm so So, glad. Oh, no, another year. Another year. Eight, yeah. Okay. It all checks out. I'm so glad you're here because I would have never figured that out. The math totally works. So, um, eight-year-old, ten-year-old Gypsy was appointed the honorary queen of the crew of the Mid-City Parade, which is like a children's and family parade in New Orleans. Sounds like a very prestigious honor. It is. I mean, anytime you get to be a Mardi Gras queen, it's prestigious. Oh, for sure. Um, It's like being a fiesta queen here. It's a big deal. So, Gypsy managed to learn to read on her own. I said that already because I jumped ahead. Um, so, Dee Dee and Gypsy soon had to move in with Dee Dee's father and her stepmother. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Dee Dee's mom had mysteriously died in 1997. And a- <laughs> after Dee Dee died, her family was like, oh, yeah, she fucking killed her mom. Right, didn't they think that she starved her to death? Yeah, she said, they said she started to death. Mm-hmm. And so um, her dad and stepmom began to notice that, like, anytime Dee Dee would cook, 
the stepmom would get very sick and they accused her of poisoning them in the most Louisiana way possible. That's with a, um, with Roundup weed killer. Look, the stepmom is just allergic to vegetables. That's the problem. Anyway, so during that time, Dee Dee was also arrested for several minor incidents like bad checks. Like she got caught in every bad check roundup. Oh, I know somebody like that. Um, she also had already had a small criminal uh, past. She um, had committed a series of petty thefts. <laughs> and I wrote petty thefts because really and truly, she was like pissed off at somebody and she took something of theirs. So not the legal definition of petty theft, like the actual <laughs> definition of petty theft. Right. Like she was being petty, so she stole. And I, like I, I'm going to steal your favorite pen because you're being an asshole. I was going to say, I don't support this behavior, but I would be hypocritical if I said that I don't do that shit. <laughs> so um when Dee Dee's father confronted her about her behavior she he confronted her about her behavior the care that she was giving gypsy and their suspicions that gypsy wasn't really ill mm-hmm. and that she was poisoning her mom her stepmom with weed killer um Dee Dee did what you would expect um mm-hmm. you know she changed her ways and then the story ended Right. The end. Everyone's happy. Um, Or she packed her shit up and peaced the fuck out. That's more like it. Yeah. She moved to Slidell, which is a suburb of New Orleans. It's like on the opposite side of Lake Pontchartrain. Uh Uh-huh. So in Slidell, Dee Dee lived off of Gypsy's disability and from the ex-husband's child support payments. Um, And they were making regular trips to Tulane Medical Center and Children's Hospital in New Orleans um, to see all kinds of specialists. And somewhere along the way, good thing Dee Dee had all this medical training and watched every episode of Grey's. Mm-hmm. Because now, um, Gypsy also has hearing and vision problems and muscular dystrophy. It's crazy how those, like, illnesses just pile on top of each other like that. It just ha- all happens so fast. Because, you know, Gypsy now has muscular dystrophy, a specialist took a biopsy um, and... <sighs> Wouldn't you know, it showed no signs of muscular dystrophy. Amazing. She's cured. Well, she's not. The mom just knows better than the pet. <laughs> That's true. I mean, she fell off that motorcycle. I mean, when you have a mother's intuition, you don't listen to any biopsy. You listen to your intuition. Uh, so, <laughs> Dee Dee was able to convince a doctor to begin treatment for seizures, though, that Dee Dee, that Gypsy suddenly was having also. Sure. And, like, so later we're going to have Dr. Sarah on. Yay! And I need to ask her, because I feel like she's told me there's a way they can track and see, like, if somebody's had a seizure in the past, like the Mm -hmm. recent past. Yeah. Maybe I made that up. So we're going to, I'm going to have to ask her, but I feel like that's a thing. So, um, Dee Dee, are you ready? She got her big break. She's not going to be on Broadway. Tell me her big break, even though I already know what it is, and I may pick up this fucking computer and throw it out the window. She's not going to be on TV. Nope. Well, I mean, she is, but not for the reasons you think. Um, True. She got Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. And Which, I mean, nobody else considers that a big break except this fucking crazy-ass woman. So in August 2005, the area was ravaged by Hurricane Katrina, 
Um, it destroyed, I mean, it destroyed everything. You've seen the news clips. I don't have to reiterate that. Um, and so, um, their apartment was destroyed and they had to move into a shelter in, um, Covington, which is another suburb that Mm -hmm. uh, was set up for individuals with special needs. And while they were there, a doctor from the Ozarks recommended that Dee Dee relocate to Missouri, where he was from, um, which was good for Dee Dee because they were starting to catch on, like the New Orleans doctors were starting to catch on that maybe yeah. she was full of shit. God, can you imagine? Right. So. Um, and also, this doctor must rue the fucking day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll notice his name was not in any article, or else I would have told you his name or her name. Uh, yeah. He's like, I don't want anything to do with this. Um, so, a few weeks later, they were airlifted to uh, Missouri. And so initially, Dee Dee and Gypsy lived in a rented home in Aurora, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And during this time, uh, Gypsy was named the 2007 Child of the Year by the Olay Foundation. And I thought that that like, was like... Like, was Olay? Well, that's what I thought, too. I was like, girl, go have your good skin. Keep my skin fresh, But girl. no, this is uh, O-L-E-Y. And they mm-hmm. um, advocate for uh, people who are fed with feeding tubes. Okay. Um, it's a noble cause. Yeah, so she was getting a lot of, like, public attention. And um, because of this now platform that they have, uh, in 2008, Habitat for Humanity built them a home with a wheelchair ramp um, for D- for Gypsy and a hot tub that was for Gypsy's treatments. Nobody can see my air quotes, so I have to emphasize them. I can see them. Uh, there are so many needy people in the world. Good thing Dee Dee has that fucking hot tub. God. And so, um, so they move into this new home. It was built in Springfield. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like I said, Gypsy and Dee Dee were getting a lot of media attention at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's, their story was the perfect storm for the media. Uh, you know, like from the outside. Everybody loves somebody down on their luck and they love to give them like a boost up in the world. Uh huh. Well, and, and I really do love to help people. Yeah, and if they've been, like, legit... Right. I mean, but, like, from the media perspective, it's a mom and a daughter who were ripped away from their home by the tragedy that was Hurricane Katrina, and they're getting a fresh start in Missouri, and they were being, um, you know, they were... Away from a horrible, unsupportive ex-husband. That's exactly where I was headed. Like, this Mm -hmm. awful, abusive, drug-addicted husband that she claimed she had, um... And so in Missouri, the citizens were coming together in like really big and unique ways. Um, when Lu- when they were in Louisiana, the biggest charity that Dee Dee and Gypsy ever saw was that, like aside from public assistance because of her disability, mm-hmm. um, they got to stay in the Ronald McDonald charity houses whenever they went to treatments. Yeah. Um, Missouri, however, brought them free plane tickets to see doctors all over the country Roll out that red carpet. Uh, trips to Disney World. Backstage passes to Miranda Lambert concerts. And there are like several pictures of her with Miranda Lambert. Who yeah, did- I saw there's an interview with her later where she's like, I had no idea that this shit was happening. <laughs> I was about to ask if you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, a brand new home. So they were like living like rock stars. And all of this was in addition to the $1,200 a month that Rod was having to pay in child support. $1,200 a month. Yep. 
Yeah, I'm just letting that sink in for a minute. I'm trying to imagine like supplementing my income with an additional twelve hundred dollars a month. Well, okay, that but takes so much money. Also, imagine abusing your child in a way that you get disability from him too. Yeah, no, no, no I'm not imagining that part. <laughs> just the extra twelve hundred dollars a month. Okay. What are you buying me with it? Nothing. I'm buying <laughs> for myself first. We'll talk about you later. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Um, so Rod recalled, like, so Gypsy's dad, Rod, tried several times with his new wife to go visit Gypsy in Missouri. And every time that they had plans, Didi would call and be like, oh, Gypsy's sick and you'll make her sicker if you come. Or, oh, we have to go out of town for this specialist. Just all of a sudden they opened up or she always had an excuse that Rod couldn't come see Gypsy. You and your foreign germs. Right. Exactly. Which is a real thing, but come on. Right. Um, he uh, he recalled whenever he called her for her 14th birthday, I mean 18th birthday, <laughs> um, Dee Dee was like, don't mention her real age. Gypsy thinks that she's only 14. Okay. This is the time when my red flag would have been like, wee, 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 wee. Right? Also, where do you get flags that make noise? So what I'm going to buy with my extra $1,200 a month. <laughs> Got it. So, um, so for anyone who's doing math now, she lost two years by the time she was 10. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way, she's lost another two years. You've got to keep it pro- proportional. Well, I mean, she did go to Disney World a couple of times. Maybe that's like the Fountain of Youth. They just went back in that, like, they did It's a Small World backwards. Yeah. You have to listen to the song backwards, but it takes two years up from your life. Or yeah, adds two exactly. more years. <laughs> Fountain of youth. So. Um, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what that was, but you're welcome. Wow, wow. People who met Gypsy said that she was really charming. They always loved her. I mean, she was tea tiny. She was only five feet tall. <laughs> she was barely a hundred pounds, if even that. Um, well, that pediasure. Yeah. She had, well, yeah. So in her twenties, her mom was still feeding her child a sized um, servings of pediasure. That was it. Don't give her a fucking hot dog. It hurts her tummy. Yeah. Um, she had no teeth because... At the very least, feed her like an adult. Yeah. Oh, this part gets me. Yeah, Dee Dee had her teeth removed. God. What, oh. what, what uh-huh. dentist agrees to this? No. Also, she couldn't quit salivating every time she went to the mm. doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Like, she was just drooled everywhere. And so... But she didn't have any teeth? Well, no. So she didn't have any teeth. That's not why she didn't quit drooling. I'm going to tell you that in just a minute. Oh, man. So the doctors couldn't figure out why she couldn't. So they gave her Botox injections in her saliva glands. Do you know how painful Botox injections are? Um, My sister used to get them in her legs. She's got uh, cerebral palsy. um, And they used to give them to her in her legs to try to, like, um, deaden the muscle. She could stretch her legs further. Right. Um, And... That experience is why I have not let someone come close to my face with a Botox needle. Yeah, yet. no, just Although no. these wrinkles are getting deeper, so we'll see how long I can hold out. Just get some Olay. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elaine is not sponsoring us, but if you'd like to reach out to us at lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And not the feeding two people, the skin people. I'm feeding two here. people. If you'd like to reach out to us also, I know. Several yeah, reach out to us, but we can't really like, we don't have anyone to peddle your wares to <laughs> yet. Um, so anyway, the Botox injections didn't work. So when that didn't work, the doctors removed some of her saliva glands. No. Uh-huh. No. Do you know why she couldn't stop drooling? I'm going to guess it's because of her mom, but. Her, her mom rubbed Neosporin, not Neosporin, Oragel on her gums every time she went to the doctor so that they were numb and would start salivating. Oh my God. I hate this woman. I'm so glad she's dead. Oh. I, I just, I don't understand. What a monster. She's a monster. So they were always seen in public, like holding hands. And if Gypsy ever indicated that things weren't what they seemed or that she was stronger than she appeared, then Didi would squeeze her hand like hard, like roll her knuckles when she squeezed it. And, um, Gypsy also reported that when they were at home, Didi would slap her in the face and, like, would hit her with open hands and would hit her with a coat hanger when they were having disagreements. Oh, my God. This oh. lady is a monster. And she also had tubes put in her daughter's ears to help with the ear infections that she reported regularly. Now, that I don't understand, because an ear infection is very clearly visible, like, oh. with the naked eye in the, in the thing. The only thing I can imagine is that it was done by one of those specialists who didn't live in Missouri that she was flying to. And so... You can't fly with an ear infection, and that was probably Dee Dee's excuse. Right, but, okay, but in order for them to say, you have an ear infection, you can't fly, like, a local doctor has to say... Look, the local doctors have been doing a great job so far. Oh, my God. Um, I just don't get it. And also, like, um... And that's just speculation. I don't know that that's the case, but... The other thing that gets me is, like... The wear and tear on your ears from multiple ear infection is also very visible. So one of these doctors should have been like, her ears are fine. Right. So finally, there was a pediatric neurologist who saw Gypsy in Springfield, and Mm -hmm. he became really suspicious of things. His name was Bernardo Flasterstein. And I just want you to try saying that like 12 times. Just Bernardo Flasterstein. I can't even (laughs) get one. Um, He noticed that Dee Dee was... Really poor at giving, like, the history of of Gypsy's illnesses. Mm-hmm. And so that was his first red flag. Um, he ran MRIs and blood tests, and he found no reason that Gypsy should not be walking. He'd even witnessed her standing up on her own with the supports that you were talking about from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he started digging around, and he called the doctor who originally performed Gypsy's biopsy for muscular dystrophy. So I mentioned um, Dee Dee's big break with Hurricane Katrina. What right. she told all of the doctors was that all of their medical records had washed away in the um, in the hurricane, and for many hospitals that was true. That was true. Yeah, that's one of the big. Yes. That's one of the big reasons that most hospitals, almost every hospital in Louisiana, has gone to electronic medical records, but nationwide they have. Yes, it's well, and it's also so they can pull information from other hospitals. Like if you're a frequent flyer at one hospital and then switch to another, they will, you, they can pull your records from right. Your hospitals in the area. Right. 
And so, um, so he called down on a whim to the doctor that had originally seen her for muscular dystrophy, mm-hmm. and um, they actually had not lost her records. And, Amazing. Right, and they told him that her biopsy never indicated muscular dystrophy. Um, and so he, that was when he really started to suspect Munchausen's by proxy. And he documented that in his medical notes about Gypsy. So Dee Dee requisitioned his medical notes when she realized that he was suspicious. And but at what point does it become your duty to go to Child Protective Services or go to the Department of Family? Um, DCFS. Yeah, DCFS and uh, Department of Children and Family Services. And, like, say, like, hey, I think that this is happening. Right. So um, what he said is that he um, he was told that he had to treat them with golden gloves because they were, like, such a big media sensation. And that um, that he – and he doubted that the police would – uh, or that anyone would believe him because they were so beloved in their community and everyone knew about this mom who had such... I mean, she played up the story. Right, but you are a doctor. Right. Medical tests don't lie. Right. So he didn't call CPS, but um, the police did receive an anonymous tip in 2009 that Dee Dee had used false information such as names and birth dates. And mm-hmm. they received a tip that GD, that Gypsy was a lot stronger than they professed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the police came over and followed up on the tip. And Dee Dee was like, oh yeah, that's because my ex-husband can find us if I use our real information. And so this is a way to hide from him. And no, my daughter's handicapped. And they're like, oh yeah, that checks out. Cool. Glad we talked. Crack police work, guys. Why don't you knock off early and go to happy hour? God. Fucking good for nothing assholes. So either in 2009 or 2010, one of Gypsy's neighbors reported that she made, an like later, they said it was either 2009 or 2010, mm-hmm. that she'd made an escape attempt with a man mm-hmm. that she met on the internet. Yes. And so she knocked on the neighbor's door asking for a ride to the hospital with the man because a group of people who were familiar with her and her medical needs mm-hmm. had assaulted the man because they thought he was taking her and taking advantage of her. This at this point, like you see it devolving into this girl had the, the system failed this girl in every single way. Nobody would listen to her like she you'll you you know you go on but she'll say like several times like i'm older there's nothing wrong with me and i guess the mother like bucked the system to agree with her but also like this girl was failed by everyone in her life the worst part is is the like the people who jumped him had the best of intentions. They were protecting their girl. Like Right, they did. And I don't mean that they're bad. They're not no, bad. People. I know they're not. The people that are in charge, like in authority positions in no. this girl's life, completely dropped the ball. And it's not one person. Every single person dropped the ball. And so this girl was literally, I mean, the only end game I see with this woman here is that she's going to kill her daughter eventually and then reap the benefits of that. Right. So one of them to mourn die. forever because your yeah. kid died. Mm-hmm. Um, and look at this poor woman who's never worked and she's never done she's devoted her life to taking care of her yeah, daughter. Yeah, devoted her whole life to taking care of her daughter. Let's, you know, take care of her for the rest of her life. And that just pisses me off. Mm-hmm. God. 
<clears throat> so they um, they take the man and Gypsy to the hospital, and that's when Gypsy pulls out her real birth certificate with her real birth date. And Dee Dee came to pick her up and said, oh, no, no, that's the one they messed up when they printed it after Hurricane Katrina. Um, they'd mistyped, and so I had to get a new one. And so then she presented... No, people in Louisiana, they're just a bunch of bumbling idiots. So anyway, the cops were like, oh, cool, look, no, it's your word against hers, Gypsy, and you don't know how to walk, and you fell off a motorcycle, so your mom is right. You bumped your knee that one time. In 2011... She made another escape escape attempt with another man she met on the internet. And um, when she was caught, she provided her papers proving her actual age again. And Dee Dee again became involved and showed the forged paperwork. Now, I think this event was the game convention that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So she tried to run away with a man she uh, was meeting up with at a science fiction convention. And so I think that that is this event, but I didn't write the specifics in my notes because I'm an idiot. Look, when your options are to continue in your current situation or run away with a strange man you met on the internet. Things aren't good. Times are tough, girl. Um, so in retaliation, Dee Dee took a hammer and smashed Gypsy's computer. Um, and then said, if I ever catch you doing something like this again, it will be your fingers next time. Cool. Thanks, Mom. So then, like... Have you ever grounded your son? Uh, yeah. I mean... Did you ever put him on a leash and then duck and handcuff him to his bed? No. You're not doing it right. <laughs> Clearly not. Like, have you seen my child? He's about three inches taller than I am, and he looks like a spaghetti noodle with arms, but I'm pretty sure he could probably take me out, so... Uh, but he's precious. You're doing good he with that one. Precious. Thank you. Um, so then while she was handcuffed to the bed, instead of praying and having passive aggressive time with Jesus, hmm. she said um, that she'd filed papers with the police station and uh, to prove that Gypsy was mentally incompetent. So the police would never help her again and would always believe Dee Dee. Okay. But did she? I don't know that answer. I wish, I wish I knew. I uh, mean, too. Very interesting. Um, in 2012, Gypsy was secretly using the family computer again after her mom went to bed. I never told you who I was going to cast as Gypsy, so now's the perfect time. <gasps> you did it! Yay! Do you remember Hallie Kate Eisenberg? Did you ever see Polly? <gasps> yeah! And the Pepsi Girl? Yeah, 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 That's yeah. That's who I'm casting. Very cute. Well, she was in another movie. Yeah, she was in several things. Those are just the two yeah, things that popped in my head. Um, she was in Susie Q or... No, she... it's a cutesy name like that, though, but I remember it. I don't know, but it's fine. <laughs> anyway, but, um, so she finally, in 2012, she meets Nicholas John on the internet and I am casting, <laughs> I am casting, um, good old Adam Devine. Um, uh, Adam Devine's like cuter. Yeah, but he's still goofy looking like. Yeah. So that's this is my dream. Here's the thing: there's no working guy in in um, Hollywood who looks this messed Hollywood up. Hollywood that looks that me- yeah, that looks that jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, boy's got some issues, right? So he's from Big Bend, Wisconsin, and they met mm-hmm. in a Christian singles Facebook Fucking group. Wisconsin, right? And he was every bit a good Christian Wisconsinian boy. Didn't they meet on Christian Mingle? Well, it wasn't on Christian Mingle, but it was in a Christian Singles Facebook group. 
Okay, I thought that was, yeah. Yeah, on the Facebooks. On the Facebook. So um, he had a criminal record for indecent exposure. Mm-hmm. And then several reports listed that he has uh, an undefined mental illness that's either autism or dissociative identity disorder. Okay. Um, and so there... Which, which let's point out, you can have those things and not be a crazy murderer. Yes. Um... <laughs> So their online relationship lasted almost three years across Gypsy's five Facebook accounts. So three years. So when she turned 13, 14, 14, 14. Yes. Yeah. All three of those years. Okay. Um, So, (laughs) so they discussed marriage and what they'd name their kids and then they had this, like, wannabe BDSM cyber thing going on. It's real creepy. Look, if you have to use um, Disney characters <laughs> to represent your BDSM lifestyle, you're doing it wrong. Well, doesn't that stand for, like, Beauty or the Beast? I can't remember which one is the first B. And then, like, mm-hmm. the S is Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Beauty, um... Yeah, yeah. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> I don't. I don't know a D. Doug from um, Up. Yeah. Sebastian and Mickey. Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares about that later. You're Thank welcome. you. Look, I, this past week when I was like, I have really weird fever dreams, and this past week when I was sick, they were so messed up. Like I had a dream that I was um, at the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And so we were like, oh, we got these awesome tickets to the Super Bowl, right? But you couldn't see the game. Like, we were just in these bleachers. And then they tried to charge me $55 for a beer. What the fuck? Right? <laughs> That's a nightmare. And the lady was like, I can get you 24 ounces. And I was like, no. That's $2 an ounce. Yeah. And then we we got to go to the railing for the performance and Paula Abdul sang. Oh, awesome. yes. Do you know Paula Abdul is one of my favorites? Um, on her show, Hey Paula, do you remember that awful reality show? Mm-hmm. She stated in an episode that her daily affirmation is, I'm ready for the world to treat me like the gift that I am. <laughs> and if that doesn't resonate with my soul. Right. That's always been my daily affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so Gypsy paid for in 2015 gypsy paid for nicholas to come meet her and her mother in springfield and because they had disney bdsm she had this dream of the like true magical moment when they would meet in public they were going to see um you know what movie they were going to see and i've forgotten but it's cinderella story live action cinderella oh the live action cinderella okay Mm -hmm. so they were going to see cinderella and so she'd paid for Nicholas to show up and also be going to see that at the same time. And it's funny because in the um, documentary, Mommy Dead and Dearest, she looks back and she's like, I can see now why my mom thought he was creepy because he was at this live action Cinderella, like a grown ass man in the middle of the day. He wasn't with a kid like he wasn't. He was just like watching this movie by himself. <laughs> Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, girl. We've all been there. <laughs> right. So, um, so they're going to be there, and their eyes would meet, and they'd be like star-crossed lovers. And Dee Dee would see the sparks between them, and would have to accept their love. 
honey, that's not a thing. And so um, everything went exactly as you'd expect it to. Mm-hmm. Um, she saw him, immediately pulled him into the public bathroom. They had sex real quick. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, romance. Uh, I just... Movie theaters are disgusting everywhere. Movie theaters are gross. Um, and then she realized that he wasn't really that desirable in person. <laughs> like he's better on paper. And Dee Dee saw him and like said, he, from over there, hon. Yeah. Dee Dee saw him and said he was creepy. So, um, well, I mean, have you seen him? He is. Um, so in June, 2015, so just a few months later, he returns to Springfield while Gypsy and Dee Dee are at a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. And um, he like starts to get things ready. And so when Dee Dee goes to bed, Gypsy lets him back into their house and told him like telling him it was safe to come in. Mm-hmm. And um, she gave him duct tape, gloves and a knife and instructed him to murder her mom. Cool. And so she, she says in some interviews that she didn't think he'd actually be able to do it. Mm. But I think she was, I don't know. I can't. I think that's the story she told herself in her head. Right. To like justify it. The whole thing. I, yeah. So he tells her to hide in the bathroom and to cover her ears so she won't have to witness her mother's death. And then he stabbed Dee Dee Blanchard several times in her sleep. Mm-hmm. And once it's finished, the two had sex in Gypsy's room. So like fresh blood spatter on your face, sweating from exertion. Let's oh, get it hot. on. Yeah. Um, She's got that Dexter fetish. God. Maybe that's what the D stands for. um so then they go and they steal four thousand dollars in cash that Dee Dee had kept for from child support payments and they ran away to a motel outside of springfield like you do and they hit out for several days really believing they'd gotten away with the perfect crime like they're taking videos of themselves and they're caught on several like security cameras all around town and um, you can tell it's two teenagers trying to do this right it's the cranberries and uh waving your arm through the window like the wave yeah so mm-hmm. um so they did the lot- they have no they have no idea what cause and effect is and like- right well and so if you're trying to dispose of a murder weapon mm-hmm. what do you do you know i don't know you've not thought about this no. I mean, yeah, me neither. Weird. I might pull the old Jody Arias and, like, throw it in the middle of a freaking canyon. Uh, put it in the washing machine. No, no, no. <laughs> no she threw I the gun threw in the, the, gun in the, in the woods. Yeah. Maybe I would put it in the washing machine. I mean, um, the possibilities are endless. So you would not stick it in an envelope and mail it to your parents' house? Nope. That's, um... That's what they the- did the bottom of the list of things i would do <laughs> first of all that's got to be some kind of male crime <laughs> it's got to be across <laughs> state lines at that point without right. you i just i'm so confused by all this also like growing up in a household with overprotective parents they opened everything i got so like i would just <laughs> and my dad would be like what the fuck is this <laughs> uh aaron someone sent you a bloody knife again yeah like, that's fine. It happens all the time. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. It's a millennial thing. <laughs> yes. So, so then um, 
Gypsy is basically permanently wearing a blonde wig. Right. And they board a greyhound and hit the road to Wisconsin, where all good things end. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Wisconsin. We talk so much shit about you. I don't regret it, but... Nope. (laughs) So... Neither do I. Um... It's here, so they're at Nicholas's, all the, all the reports say at Nicholas's house, but we both know it's at his parents' house. His parents' house, yeah. Um, on Nicholas June, does not have his own house. <laughs> on June 14th, the gypsy convinces him to post two statuses on, or like post on Dee Dee's Facebook wall. Um, so that people could discover her body. And the first comment says, that bitch is dead. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean to laugh, but the response, oh. <laughs> the response to this comment, all of her friends were like, oh, what movie are you watching? Or like, Didi got hacked. Like, again, I did not mean to laugh, but I read that and it's like. <laughs> well, and maybe I watched too much true crime, but that would not be my first reaction. Right. Be like, um, y'all okay over there? Right. Um, so then 17 minutes later, he posts a pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Graphic mm-hmm. post, uh, post <laughs> about how he violently murdered Dee Dee. Some, like, it's an anonymous account or whatever. And then right. he violently murdered Dee Dee and raped Gypsy. And, I mean, it's pretty graphic. It's an anonymous account. However... <laughs> Nothing on the internet is anonymous. If you're listening to this podcast, nothing on this internet, this internet, all the internets, it's anonymous. Oh, I just want to welcome back my NSA agent. He's been off. Welcome back, buddy. I'm glad to have you back in my life. I hope you spend some time with your family. Me too. Welcome back to my murder podcast. Enjoy. Mine's pissed off that still all I'm doing is reading about crimes. (laughs) He's like, oh my God, get another hobby. (laughs) Right. Crimes in anime again, Paul. God damn it. <laughs> so, um, when the friends saw the second status, they finally decided something was up. Uh, that she wasn't watching a movie. Or oh that that was just a really good quote. Because, like, I saw you live tweeting this movie. And maybe they thought she was live tweeting something. I mean, Maybe. <laughs> Or they're just the derpiest derps who ever derped. Like, come on. Uh, anyway, so they find they call the police. The police come over and find her dead body. Mm-hmm. And so the neighbors set up a GoFundMe to pay for her funeral expenses. And then to either care for Gypsy if she's found alive or to pay for her funeral if she's found dead. At least they're, you know, planning for all scenarios. Right. Here. Except the one that happened. Right. <laughs> I don't think you could plan for that one without knowing more information about them. Especially you couldn't plan for them mailing a knife to this house. Well, I mean, not that part, but they could plan like, okay, this bitch murdered her mom. She's totally fine. You know, like poor Carol's like, she's fine. Like in the, in the community group, she's like, she's fine. She murdered her mom. And everyone's all like, fuck you, Carol. Go home. (laughs) I stand, Carol. I support you. So one of Gypsy's friends had known about Gypsy's secret relationship Mm-hmm. secret relationship everything bled together there mm-hmm. and was able to tell them the name of her internet boyfriend nicholas go to john and like she showed them where to find the printouts that gypsy kept of their bdsm wannabe messages 
Why would you print them out? So just a note, we're not making fun of BDSM lifestyle. We're making fun of what they thought was BDSM lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I would never make fun of the BDSM <laughs> lifestyle. I'm good. But <laughs> that's... Mm-mm. It's like what what silly teenagers think BDSM is. Right. That's what they were doing. Um, so with that information, the police contact Facebook and they trace his IP address Mm-hmm. And so the next day they get to his parents' house and they arrest uh Dee Dee, I mean Gypsy and Go to John for um murder and felony mm-hmm. armed criminal action against Dee Dee. Amazing. Um so it's they are crazy how the FBI could find that um <laughs> anonymous Facebook account. I like to imagine that he really thought do you remember when the default um icon was just a question mark like it wasn't yeah the blank face it was right. just a, i like to think that he thought that that was really hiding him and i was just a question mark <laughs> um but mom i said it was anonymous <laughs> so they're extradited back to springfield and they're held on a million dollar bond mm-hmm. and during this time the truth comes out about gypsy's abused lifestyle and her illnesses or you know lack thereof right and so because of all that, Gypsy was offered a plea bargain for second degree murder. Um, and, and I even think she could, they could have argued that down. Yeah. Well, and to voluntary manslaughter. I, yeah. Her attorney reports that when she was in jail, she gained 14 pounds because of the true nutrition she was getting at the jail. It's amazing what happens when you eat a fucking hot dog. And not pediasure. Yeah. But also, if you ever drink pediasure, it's so gross. Yeah, but then I'm thinking, like, maybe I should just go on a pediasure diet for a while. <laughs> Get your feeding tube. <laughs> Don't. No, so, I'm going to cut that too. Just heads up. So in July 2015, she accepted the plea bargain um, yeah. and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. I mean, she'll be out way sooner. Maybe. That's- she'll probably be up for parole. In about half that time and with good behavior and everything. Hmm. There are petitions up to get her out earlier. You know, I I agree with them, but also she's gone on the record and been like, look, my life here is so much better than it was. So uh-huh. if she's happy, like, let her adjust to being like in the real world-ish. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> so um, go to John was not quite so lucky. He, because he's the one who like actually fucking killed the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, his trial was not held till 2018. Right. Um, and so Gypsy actually testified on the third day of the trial and there she admitted that she'd suggested go to John kill Dee Dee, but she'd also considered letting him get her pregnant. And then Dee Dee would have to accept the baby and they could live free as a family. And, um, so. I mean, but do you think that Dee Dee would have done that? No. Because I don't. No. <laughs> And I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I think she would have forced an abortion somehow and used that as another illness. Yeah. You know. Or had this boy arrested for raping for her. For raping her. Yeah. Oh, it, man. Like, she could have milked that baby so for yeah. another. It would have been real bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, so to prepare for both plans, Gypsy stole the knife that was used as the murder weapon and some baby clothes from the Walmarts. And, um, 
That way, like I said, she's prepared for either plan. The trial goes on for four days before the jury goes into deliberation. And the jurors were only there for two hours before they came back with their verdict. It's like they walked in and introduced themselves. They're like, let's all introduce ourselves. Tell me about your um, hobby when you're not here being a juror. Let's- okay, let's vote. Okay. <laughs> We're done. Okay, it's time for a round of two truths and a lie. And uh, <laughs> mine are, I have red hair, I have brown eyes, and I think he's innocent. Yours? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, <laughs> so, um, so he gets obviously found guilty of first degree murder. And his sentencing hearing hasn't actually happened. It's scheduled for February. So, like, mm-hmm. in the next three weeks. Okay. Um, so, since T.D.'s death, her family has opened up about how they don't regret her death. And they all suspected her of abusing Gypsy, but every time they tried to get close and do something about it, she packed up and ran away. Right. Uh, they also, like I said, have dis- have um, are open about how they think that she killed her mom by starvation. Mm-hmm. And then... Y'all, I'm going to hell for how hard I laughed at this next part. I'm going <laughs> I'll to hell. Be right there with you, buddy. Okay. You want to be roommates? Yeah. <laughs> so um, they refused to go to her funeral and they wouldn't pay for any part of it. And then basically her father and stepmother were told they had to come pick up her ashes. And so they spent a while like passing the ashes around the family, like a badge of like, uh, like yeah. the scarlet yeah. letter. Yeah. And so, like, nobody wanted Dee Dee's ashes, and so they flushed her down the fucking toilet. (laughs) True, Barry, let's see. Like, I don't mean to, I I guess I do mean to laugh, but I just, it's inappropriate. She was a shitty person. Excuse me, my voice went out there. She was a shitty person, that's where she belongs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have a child and I cannot imagine doing this stuff to that child. I just can't. No, I don't have children. and I can't imagine doing that to anyone. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Even another adult. It's just disgusting. I can't. Oh, so the last thing I want to say is Gypsy has been thriving in prison, which is kind of an odd thing to say. Yeah. Um, but in February, newsleader.com ran a story detailing what her life is like in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually interviewed her stepmother, who really seems to love and care for Gypsy. And I know she appeared yeah. in like Mommy Dead and Dearest. <coughs> and she seems like a perfectly normal, well-adjusted woman. And just think like if something had happened and Gypsy would have ended up in their care. Right. How differently this could have all gone. Right. Um, so she said that Gypsy is working toward her GED and that she's aiding in research for a TV series called By Proxy that's going to be about her case. And I wasn't able to find much information about that, but I will watch the hell out of it whenever. Yeah, for sure. Me too. If ever it comes to fruition. Um, so it, the article also reported that Gypsy has been allowed to see some, but not all of the media hype around her case. Mm -hmm. So for instance, like even though she was interviewed for mommy dead and dearest, the officials at the prison wouldn't let her watch it because of like the graphic photos of the crime scene and stuff. Have you seen mommy dead and dearest? Not yet. You need to watch it. I don't have HBO. Just rent it from Fandango or whoever. Okay. It's really good. Really, really, really good. I recommend it highly. Um, so in this story, Gypsy's stepmother describes her as happy-go-lucky and says that Gypsy claims to be happier now than she ever had been with her mom. She said, quote, 
Uh, and she said, like, this was a conversation that she had with Gypsy. Quote, uh-huh. if she had ever had the choice to be either in jail or back with her mom, she would rather be in jail. So would I. Right? There's um, not even a choice there. Right. Take me to jail. So, like, her dad has started a petition on change.org to try to get her <laughs> sentence shortered. Short, shortered? Shortened? Short. <laughs> and, um... When they asked her stepmother about the petition, uh-huh. she said, we talk about it. She says, if I can't get out earlier, even with the petition, I'm fine with that. And she's <laughs> really fine with that. She's just glad she's not under her mother's care. I mean, even though she went from one prison to another, for Gypsy, it's a lot of freedom. Uh, yeah. And that is the bizarre, bonkers case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. This one is really really bizarre and I, I highly recommend that you watch mommy anybody watch mommy dead and dearest it's very good it gets a lot of the um <clears throat> other information they do interview that doctor dr flasterstein oh really yeah um he actually sits down with the the stepmom and the dad and talks to them and huh. it's just very interesting yeah so guys we talked about it earlier but we have a special visit from dr sarah who Hi. is going to share with us some information about Munchausen's by proxy and what it means like in the medical world and what they experience. Hi, Dr. Sarah. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Welcome. So, um, I guess like start out, tell us a little bit about, um, Munchausen by proxy. So, um, Munchausen by proxy is a psychological disorder. It's named after Baron von Munchausen. Was who- that a real person? He was a real person, but um, the disease is more, or the disease name is more based on a fictional account of him. Um, There's actually a kids movie called The Adventures of Baron von Munchausen, which is actually pretty fun. Nobody's ever seen it. Have you seen it? Of course I've seen it. (laughs) Um, Sorry, my dad is the king of the obscure movie, so... He really is. (laughs) I've seen, I've seen all of the obscure movies. That's really interesting, though. So, um, anyway, essentially, with Munchausen's disease, um, the person acquires a secondary gain by assuming a sick role. Okay. So, they may just have a lot of complaints of things, um, things that don't make sense, requesting or demanding that, you know, invasive procedures be performed on them, requesting or demanding admissions to the hospital for, you know, no apparent reason. Um, they may go as far as making themselves sick. Um, so the, there's a difference between, um, Munchausen's versus like hypochondriasis. Hypochondriacs just kind of think they're sick all the time, but okay. Munchausen's by, or Munchausen's disease, people want to be sick. People with hypo, you know, who are hypochondriacs don't necessarily want to be sick. People with, with Munchausen's want to be sick because it gets them a secondary gain, generally in the form of attention, um, you know, from medical staff. And they can be kind of odd. I've only met, like, two, but, you know, they... They seem overly comfortable in medical settings. They um, 
you know, most people, you tell them, oh, I need to admit you to the hospital, they're, like, super upset about it, and these people will be like, oh, okay, great, you know, can I go to this floor, because they have better ice cream, you know, or, none of of it's good. That's not a good enough reason. (laughs) You know. Um, and they'll ask for very specific things, you know, they'll tell you, oh, well, you know, I think I need an EGD because, you know, of this, this, and this, and, you know, or I need this random test or this random procedure. It's just very, like, it's very, it's very odd. Um, right. So Munchausen by proxy is instead of the person assuming the sick role for themselves, it's a caregiver and a person they're caring for. So the typical example is a mom and a, and a child, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't have to be a mom and a child. It could be, uh, a, you know, a caretaker of an elderly person or um, someone who is developmentally delayed. Um, and it ranges anywhere from, it, similar to, to Munchausen's disease itself, anywhere from, you know, just having that person present to medical offices with multiple complaints that don't seem to make a lot of sense mm-hmm. and, you know, demanding tests and procedures and never really finding anything to actually purposefully making the person sick, like in the case that we're discussing tonight, um, which is, you know, the worst case scenario. Um, So I just want to get this straight. So hypochondria is where like my grandma would cough and be like, I've got the lung cancer. (laughs) Yes. Or, or the classic example is like the first year medical student they have everything that they're learning about. My, my best friend was convinced she had Marfan syndrome for like, you know, two weeks (laughs) when we were learning about, I mean, absolutely convinced she must have Marfan's. Um, And then, so Munchausen is like where the person I'll, Harken back again to Grey's Anatomy, because that's all I do, is where the lady, like, takes the pill and it makes her pass out. Yes, exactly. Okay. And the Munchausen by proxy is where they, they, um... Do it, do they the thing... They these symptoms to somebody they're caring for. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, it, it gives you a similar sort of, sort of, um, gain. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. let's say, a parent of a sick child, there, you know, there's attention, you, there's... Um, you know, people have sympathy and, and you, you know, you get praise for being so strong, but there are also, you know, can possibly be like physical things like, you know, people are given, you know, the kids are given lots and lots of toys or they're given money or they get trips. In this case, they got trips to Disney World and a house through Habitat Humanity and like backstage passes to Miranda Lambert, any concert they wanted to go to. And just like even, you know in more recent, which this case is pretty recent, but with the evolution of um, GoFundMe and, you know, things like that, where you can just put anything online and start raising money for it and people can just give and it doesn't If you matter. write a sad enough backstory, anybody will yeah. give. Right. Yeah, and there's, there's not a whole lot of oversight as to whether or not it's true. Unless you go super viral and then the news stations are going to be like, hey, uh... <laughs> There's never been anyone here named, insert name here. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, Do you, so in this case, she was able to speak, sorry, my dog is trying to be cute, which means she's growling. She's very cute. Don't tell her that. Mm. (laughs) Um, So, uh, in this case, she knew a lot of medical terminology, 
and was kind of able to fool doctors for a little bit with that. Is that typical or is it of like Munchausen's or Munchausen's by proxy? Yes. Um, So typically they will be very well versed and very comfortable and confident speaking to physicians, which is actually sort of unusual. Most people are, you know, a little bit thrown off or they ask for definitions of the big words. And so, um, you know, I mean, you come across the odd medical professional who is sick, Um. but... We have to kick this dog out. She can't stay off my microphone. <laughs> it's going to be a bitch to edit that whole section. Yeah, okay. it is. <laughs> so what is something that, and you might've covered this and I just zoned out cause I'm pinging tonight. Um, what is something that like you as a doctor are trained to do to spot cases of Munchausen's or Munchausen's by proxy? So, um, the first thing is, you need to listen to your instinct if something seems screwy. Um, right. <laughs> like, I think that's just true for life. You know, the the second thing is um, complaints that make no sense. So we use this thing called Occam's Razor where you try to figure out, like, the one diagnosis that ties together all the symptoms. Where all right. the Venn diagrams meet. Exactly. <laughs> okay. The middle of the circle. So... And sometimes you can do that, and sometimes you can't, but these people will have these, like, bizarre constellations of, of symptoms that don't seem to follow any sort of pattern. Like, right. um, my daughter has muscular dystrophy, seizures, and she needs tubes in her ears because they're always infected? Mm. Because that was this case. Possibly, <laughs> yes. So, like, like, my toe hurts and sometimes I pass out? Yes, <laughs> or, or um, Same girl. A, like a favorite one is like chronic abdominal pain and vomiting because because that can't be like well, tracked. Like you can't bring your kid to the doctor and be like, throw up now. <laughs> right. I mean, you can make them throw up if right. you're, you know, a Munchausen person. Um, the second thing is they'll have had lots and lots of tests done. Um, and sometimes they'll be reticent to give you access to those um test results like you know they'll say you know you'll notice that they've been to four or five different you know hospitals seen a bunch of different doctors and you say oh okay well you've been all these places let me get those records and review them and they'll say something like well those people couldn't figure out what was wrong so why don't you just start from scratch and I don't want you to be biased by what's already been done see and in my life I have the opposite problem like I have a bad neck and I'll, I'll like go to a doctor and be like can't you just pull the old MRI and they're like, oh, that was six months ago. It could be totally different now. You got to get a new one. And I'm like, come on. It's so expensive. <laughs> it, is so expensive. <laughs> it is so expensive. It is. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, that's one of the, like, the things that you look for. They've had a lot mm-hmm. of tests and they don't really seem to find anything, but they keep asking for more tests. Um, and then... You know, if you have a patient, like, in the hospital, um, in fact, I was reading about one particular case where the doctors really suspected Munchausen by proxy, but they couldn't figure out what the mom was doing, Mm -hmm. and so they actually put her in a room with a camera. Oh. And they cam that bitch. They did. They did. And and sometimes, you know, if if you have the the for you know the good fortune of having the family in the hospital, right? You know, that's something that that can be done. the The problem is, 
even if you have very high suspicions for Munchausen by proxy, you really have to prove that there's not actually something wrong in order to get taken seriously as much as okay. you can without doing things that are going to harm the, the person who needs to be protected. Right. Um, okay. Side note, everyone listening, I will not be able to edit out the now snores coming from my weenie dog because she's <laughs> bored that we didn't pet her. So just know there are dog noises now. I'm sorry. So I mentioned earlier in this episode, um, she convinced a doctor to treat Gypsy for seizures. Okay. And I told Aaron that I might have dreamt this, but I thought there was a process to be able to tell, like, if somebody has recently had a seizure. So, if someone has, in the immediate past, had a seizure, mm-hmm. like, like if I were to seize, like, right now, and then you took me directly to the hospital, can you stop that? <laughs> um, and you took me directly to the hospital, and they did some blood work. There might be some abnormalities that could not prove that I had a seizure, but would... Possibly be byproducts of? They're, like, consistent with, like, a seizure. They would be consistent with Mm -hmm. what happens when you have a seizure. Look at you in that Grey's Anatomy terminology. (laughs) Look, I wanted to go to medical school real bad. You would have been a good doctor. Thank you. You still can. Oh, I'm super old, honey. No, no, the, you don't know. There's lots of, like, there were recently, like, a mom and a son who were in medical school together. I have a constitution for it. I have, like, a natural <laughs> insomniac, so I can stay up for 48 hours. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, um, anyway, but, you know, in general, to diagnose seizures, we start out with, you know, some specific tests, and then you do something called an EEG, which is basically a brainwave study. Okay. Now, a normal... So, so an EEG just captures a period of time. Right. So you might have a normal EEG if you're not actually having a seizure when you're hooked up to it, and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. you don't have seizures. Right. Um, but, you know, there are people who have epilepsy who always have an abnormal baseline EEG. Okay. Right. Um, so that makes that easier. So an abnormal EEG is a lot more useful than a normal EEG. Um, okay. And then if you are concerned, you know, let's say I've I've witnessed this person to have a, you know, a fit of some kind. Okay. But I don't really know if it's actually a seizure versus something like psychosomatic. Right. Um, because there are people who have psychogenic seizures, and they are a symptom of a real underlying disorder. It's just a psychiatric disorder, not necessarily a somatic disorder. Yeah. Um, you can do a video EEG, and so you put the person in a room with a camera, you give them a, or them or whoever's with them a button, because they're not obviously going to be able to push their own button if they're actually having a seizure. Um, and when they have whatever they're having, the button is pushed. That way, mm. the neurologist who's reading it can look at the brainwave activity at the time of the event and they can look at these symptoms that are happening. That's really cool. Yeah. So, Medicine's cool. Medicine is cool. That's why I do it. Well, I mean, I couldn't understand any of it. I'm glad you can, <laughs> but, um, okay. Another big thing that we talked about earlier is, so at the height of mama's crazy, I think, I feel like this was the height. So she like had, Doctors convinced that Gypsy couldn't stop drooling because she would, like, rub Oragel on her gums so that she just perpetually drooled. To, and they, like, removed some saliva glands. And um, so she had a lot of surgeries that I feel like 
I mean, obviously they were excessive, but um, they also had tubes put in her ears for uh, the crazy amount of ear infections that Didi was reporting. But, like, is there not a way that you can check and see if people are having a whole lot of ear infections? I mean, so the the deal would be, like... That's one of the reasons... So, we really like it if we suspect someone is a Munchausen by proxy to try to limit them to one doctor. Instead of flying all across the country to all these specialists. Right, right. Like, okay. to, you know, if I if I suspected that a, a parent or that a child that I was taking care of was a victim of Munchausen by proxy, but they were generally in good health and I, you know, didn't think they were immediately in danger... Okay. Mm-hmm. What I would probably try to do is is limit them to seeing me unless they actually needed a specialist and see them very frequently. Right. And then you do know? you recommend a specialist so that... Right. Are you allowed to tell a specialist that you suspect it's Munchausen's by proxy? I am allowed to... If I'm making a referral... Okay. I... I get the patient to sign a release of information so that I can give them my, so the information. the note in the note. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the, that physician needs information. Now, if you work in a center like where I work, we have an electronic medical record system. And so everyone within our system can see everything. All the notes. Right? Okay. Can see all the notes. So, um, let's just say, you know, a kid gets treated for all of these ear infections at lots of different urgent cares and then they just go back to their pediatrician and they're like, hey, you know, we've been going to urgent care. They've had all these antibiotics. They've had all these ear infections. They might just refer to an ENT. There's not a good way. I mean, you can see a little scarring on the eardrum, but there's like, there's not a super good way to like confirm okay. that they actually had an ear infection because a lot of ear infections that are not ear infections get treated with antibiotics, which is a whole other... Right. right. <laughs> a whole other ball of wax. But... I have raised a child. Everything was an ear infection. (laughs) His throat hurts. How is that an ear infection? But nobody listens to me. (laughs) Um, Actually, you can have referred pain back and forth between the throat and the ears. But (laughs) Um, two sets of tubes. They removed his tonsils and his adenoids. It was a miserable, miserable year for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, that's why now. he's so well behaved. He thinks you're going to put him under the <laughs> knife again. Do you have Munchausen by proxy? No. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Aaron has Munchausen. Hey, let's you. not spread that rumor. Let's <laughs> not. Let's not. No, that's. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing you, and it's not really. No, a funny I thing know. To I know. Because there are children who do need those things, right? Yeah. Um, there so, are, and I also I I can't be tasked with carrying that child back and forth to the doctor all the time. I literally do not have time. <laughs> um, Aaron mentioned that at the end of this movie, there ran a statistic that, what was it, like a thousand kids a year? One thousand um, cases of reported child abuse per year are a result of Munchausen by proxy. Yeah. I would bet it you that like it's... a lot. I would bet you that it's probably more than that because sometimes they don't get caught. Oh my god. Because the, don't make it worse. I mean the thing is is like you don't you don't expect someone to be hurting their kid, right? right? Like the the default setting is parents love their children. So 
you know, it's just, it's one of those things that, like, it takes some time and some relationship building and some some kind of digging and investigating yeah. before you even, like, start to think, oh, this is kind of strange, you know? Like, I can't even fathom purposefully hurting my child for any reason. No. I mean, some of the things, <coughs> so when I was reading for this case, some of the things that I read about were just, like, absolutely just Perfect. bad just bad you know like injecting injecting children with urine to give them infection no don't do that i mean uh, no no um don't was a do mom that that like used saline like eye solution on so when you're uh, testing someone for cystic fibrosis you do what's called a sweat chloride test where basically people with cystic fibrosis have more salt in their sweat than your average bear and mm-hmm. so they the lady used like like sodium so, sodium chloride solution to falsify the test. No, I don't like that either. And like, it just some of the things. It just you know, the are men- insane. Are they well, they are. You know, yeah. it's, it's a mental, it's a literal mental illness, and and the majority of those people have been the victims of some sort of abuse, and so that's what kind of you know people who have been hurt hurt people. Right, and I don't know if you did any research on this, but is there a way like? If you caught something early enough, like a Munchausen by proxy, is there a way for that caregiver to like recover? So it's actually, I did, I did read about like treatment and it's actually hard because most of them don't think they have a problem. Right. Okay. So the biggest thing with, with mental illness is the person has to know that they're ill. They have a problem. Right. Um, so, do they then actually suspect their kid is ill? Or is it just that the illness has such hold of them that... I think it's that second one. Okay. I mean, you know, now some, sometimes it starts off with the kid actually was sick, and then they see what, what happens when the kid is sick, and they get sympathy, and they get, you know, and it kind of rolls from there. And they get crazy dopamine responses out of um, weird things. It, something That's, like that, yeah. And so... I can't. I I don't understand it at all. I don't. I don't understand it. Um, I know I don't think we'll ever be able to explain it, but it's good when we can find it before before somebody before somebody gets stabbed, preferably. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For sure. That's that's the preferable time. And and before the (laughs) before the the innocent victim ends up having to go to jail. Yes. So. Um. You know, the, one of the saddest things when I was researching this that I found is that the a lot of the time the um, the child will realize that the reason their parent loves them is because they're sick. And so the child will start to participate. Well, there was a little bit of that with this case. like Yeah, and I was telling Paul earlier, um, like, I feel like in this particular case... <coughs> This girl was failed by every part of the system that was supposed to catch this problem. And so I think it really came down to, because I don't see any other way. I think the end game for the mom was that eventually this girl would die and then she would just reap the benefits of her daughter's death and people feeling sorry for her forever. Um, Whereas the other option, like it was, she was really in a situation where it's like kill or be killed. There was no other way out for her. Exactly. Because her mom had closed, like, every door that she had, like, to speak up to an authority. And had shown her, like, time and time again, 
when you do speak up to an authority, I'm going to come in and I'm going to tell them that you're crazy. Yeah. yeah it just... It's just terrible. It's awful. Awful, awful. Well, now that we've made your night, like, so yeah. happy. Yeah. Dr. Sarah, thank you for coming. It's thank you, pleasure. Dr. Sarah. Can we, uh, can we get a soft agreement that you may come back if we have other medical questions in the future? I think that could probably be arranged. Awesome. You know, I'm just down the hall. So. Right, right. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you to Lydia for writing in some questions that we were able yes. to ask Dr. Sarah. Thank you, Lydia. You're amazing. And thank you. All right. Bye, podcast people. Bye, Dr. Sarah. All right. Um, She's awesome. She's so much fun. I know. Um, I picked good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm way out of my league, and I'm just waiting for her to you realize it. You married up, my friend. I married way up. Um, so, Aaron, what are you watching next week? Next week, we're going to be watching um, The Bling Ring. There's no murder in The Bling Ring, is there? There is no murder in The Bling Ring. I'm like, my antidepressants are so happy right now. Although, I mean, it is a Lifetime movie, so I can I could see them like throwing a murder in there. But as far as I know, there's no murder in well, the Bling Ring. <laughs> I just mean that my end of the case is going to be much less depressing than usual. Yes, um, there is no murder in the Bling Ring. And then the next week, we are going to cover the Lifetime premiere of the Victoria Gotti movie. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Victoria Gotti, I think it's called My Father's Daughter. So I actually met a former hitman of the Gotti gang when I was in high school. Um, did you meet him in a dark alley? Like, I did. <laughs> Listen, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Okay. Um, no. So um, I can't give away most of his story, but like he's in protection now. Right. But a uh, really interesting guy. And he came and talked at our school about what life was like in that situation. So I'm excited to see this movie. Yeah, me too gonna be a good one i when i saw the preview i thought the girl playing victoria gotti was courtney love and i got so excited but it's not courtney love so. oh that's sad it just looks like her maybe i'll cast her yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah all right so I think that's it for us this week um we'll return next week with the uh real life cases but we uh put that off this week so we could have dr sarah come on and talk yes mm-hmm. um hey where can people find us um at lifetime sentence on the instagram at life sentence pod on the twitter machine and at lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us and then the website is life sentence no, it's Lifetime Sentence Damn Pod. it. I get it wrong every time. <laughs> LifetimeSentencePod.com. Uh, and you can travel there to find show notes and mm-hmm. um, the drawing that I make every week of our mm-hmm. case victims. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes pictures of the actual people. So Yes. Excellent. Uh, well, we will see you next week then. It has been a pleasure have- potting with you. Yes. Have a great night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.